0: on bad radio.
1: We have a new crew member today, Denise. Hi
2: everyone.
3: So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. My name is Rod and I like to party. Alright, Dave, you're up. Uh, hi, uh, my name is Dave and uh, I like to party. Uh, no, Dave, I just said
1: that I party so maybe you could do something different for me.
3: My name is Dave, and I am the stunt man.
1: You know what? Let's move on. Rico, you're up. Uh,
0: hello. I'm Rico, and I like to party.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, Rico, what did
1: I just say to Dave? Who? Dave. I like to party. I'm Rod. No, you're Kevin.
3: Right. Kevin. I party. No. No, you don't. Okay, nobody parties but me. Yes.
0: And we party. No. Yeah, just Rod. Yes. And me. No. I'm the only one who parties. I'm pretty sure I've partied before. No, Kevin, I know for a fact you don't
3: party, okay? You do not party. You're right. Dave's the party guy. <laughs> Sweet. Oh my God, shut up, okay? I'm just gonna do it for you. Denise, this is the crew.
4: Dave's the mechanic. Rico makes the ramps. And Kevin is team manager slash videographer. None of them party, right? Got it?
1: Okay. Let's party. Can you recite the Pledge of Allegiance
5: right now? Yes. She's up. Here we go. Hello. Put your hand over your heart, Jan. Hand over your heart.
2: To the flag of the United States of America for which it wants and where it come. What? Under a knowledge of under the nation, one flag under all for
6: God and government for all. She nailed it. Yeah, she That's did. Perfect.
3: That is the best pledge of allegiance. Jan. That's great. High five, Gordon, Seriously. right now. Good, good job, five, Jan. Good I job. High job. High That's all right. I'm good fine. job, <laughs> Jan. How come Chris Rock
7: can do a routine and everybody finds it hilarious and groundbreaking, and then I go and do the exact same routine, same comedic timing, and people file a complaint to corporate? Is it because I'm white and Chris is black? Sorry, I'm I'm sorry. He's he's ruined, he's butchering it. I, I'm. Could you just let me? Every time, every time black people want to have a good
3: time, some ignorant ass. Oh, up, no, no, I take care of my kids. They always want credit so, stop, for something stop, stop, they're stop supposed it. to stop do. It.
8: What you want, Cookie? All right, James. What I'd like to do is get a female up here. And I don't know if it's going to be your soulmate. Maybe. Let's keep our fingers crossed. But if it's not,
1: oh dear, oh no. If it's not, it's at least practice that well. for you and how to converse with a woman, what? maybe pick up a woman. So do we have a volunteer? Oh no. Is there somebody who? Right come there. on up here. Come here.
8: Yeah, come, come on. on. Come here. You
9: said me. You were yelling yeah,
10: me, me. Come on. on.
8: Lovely woman, oh. James. You'd be. Come on. You're interested in her certainly.
11: Here, I feel well, like I'm well, blocking no, him. No, Sweetie, we'll treat you what's right. Ryan. Okay.
10: Ryan. This is
11: Ryan. Okay,
8: have a seat right here. Oh, would you would you be willing to kiss James here in front of us? Come here, baby. here we
6: go. Oh, oh, oh. there you go! Oh, yeah! Yeah! Yeah!
9: Oh. Yeah! She made out with him. Yes. She made out with him.
0: Wow, she sold that.
10: And the condom is still on, everybody. Oh, my everybody God. Everybody's protected.
0: Okay, How now 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 the question is, James, will you stand up? <laughs>
8: I don't think so. How was
1: that, James? Pretty bad. Yeah. I'm a patsy. I was set up by the Brits. A
5: group of British builders operating outside the O.C. contacted that. me for a partnership to build homes overseas. I did not know they meant Iraq.
8: We've got a picture of you with Saddam Hussein. I, I thought that was the guy who played the super Nazi. Come. On. I told him how much I liked his work. And you want to go after these people?
4: Well, yes, it takes a little courage, Michael. I know that's not your strongest suit. You're, you're even scared to ask a girl out on a date.
7: Wait, no, why does everybody think that I'm scared
1: of girls? Because you're a chicken. You're oh, a my. chicken.
6: Cuckoo-ca-cha! Cuckoo-ca-cha! Yeah. What are you doing? Michael yeah. and women are cuckoo ca ta. I was just
7: telling him. Look, I haven't found the right girl. When I do, I will ask her out. Has anyone in this family yeah. ever seen a chicken? Wait, wait. I got
3: the perfect name. Sex and Come Come Oh, come on. Nice george.
10: <laughs> Those are old school george, too. Those are old None of, none of the uh, real long
3: designs on the back end of they James. What's his name? Hobie. Yes, Uh-oh. Kobe. Kobe Smith. My... Now, do you know Kobe how long you've been working up there at the ticket?
9: This is my uh, first
3: full year. I, I interned partly, one day a week last year. Okay, so but you're pretty, yeah, you're pretty clued into what's going on up there, right? Yeah. What's, what's his what's last name? What's the afternoon show? Bob and Dan. That's... Yeah.
11: Yep, you're, then, right. you're right. And
3: then the hardline. Right. And who's on the hardline? I forgot who's on the hardline. Yeah.
6: This is an intern at our station. a <laughs> <The> great thing. <snake. laughs> he never heard of film. <laughs> Dude, Man, I love you. Dude, you know, like all the interns we have, how they're like just obsessed with the ticket. They know every little minute
3: detail about what's going on for 20 years. He, just he just doesn't even it. know
6: who's on in the afternoon.
3: I know. He just called you Kobe. Kobe. <laughs> You're Kobe, correct? I know you. You're Kobe.
10: Do you Go. know who
11: anyone? We just met. Do you there know we any, anyone else on the hard line? Like who does the show with Yeah, do you
3: know the Kobe? guy that, that we do the I do the show with? Ah, shut up everybody! I don't know. I'm the, huh? Uh, hammer, isn't it? Oh dear. Whoa! Used to be. Why do people Where
8: is Mike? Where the hell is Mike? This is so awesome. Wait, where is Mike? <laughs> is Ryan's not back there? I love Kobe. He's so great. <laughs> He's never- heard Kobe of him. does the show with the hammer. <laughs>
0: You are priceless. You are priceless, dude. You really are. But man, don't you go change
11: it. Yeah, first. I know. Change, I love you, look, man. Look, I want I you to remember you, this,
0: this moment. I want you to look me in the eye because I got you your first tongue, all right? Kobe. Who got
11: you your first tongue? Kobe. That's
9: right. Kobe.
11: <laughs> no, you're right. Kobe. That's right. Yeah. We've got sir. The Converse Weapon, that's the shoe that lets Magic do what he was born to do, may be true, but that's not all. It lets Isaiah play like he's 10 feet tall.
4: Right about now, Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10 Ticket presents the Bad Radio Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast. This week, we have some correspondence from last week's protests, Dan's graduation experience, and the hang zone with the great Donovan. Also, hashtag, he's on my note, RIP Julie Dabbs, not Blake Jones, RIP Bob, and RIP Donnie Dude. And now, two guys that are trying to figure out who will be in the middle of their human centipede. It's Jake Kemp and Dan McDowell. Oh, oh, shut oh, it down. Oh, Let's
8: go So oh, 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 grown. So huge. Get the fuck out of here. I'm of control here, Bill. I don't want
11: audio. Oh, oh, football, oh. football. Isn't football great? Man, I love football wow. so much.
6: You want the ultimate. You gotta be willing to pay the ultimate price. Is
9: this it? Is this it? Get up!
5: I have no idea what to do right now. Yeah.
4: Yeah, 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 yeah. What is up, T1s, and welcome to another episode of the Bad Radio Weekly Wrap-Up Podcast, covering the week of June 5th. On this week's podcast, we have a slew of correspondents talking about the Dallas protest, protest police violence. We have Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins. We have Pete Freeman from Central Track. We have Kaylee Johnson from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. We have Ryan Presley talking baseball. We have a South Park documentary, Six Days to Air, which I could have sworn bad radio has talked about before, but they're going to talk about it here again. We also have uh, Dan's graduation experience and the hang zone with the great Donovan. We start things off with Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins. So we're standing by to talk to uh, Clay Jenkins, Dallas
0: County Judge. Um... (coughs) who uh, I guess his people said uh, 1.30 was the time slot he'd be available. So, you know, we're not going to move the 1.30 news around for just anybody. I uh, wonder if you saw what is at the top of the U.S. Spotify
1: chart now. Uh,
6: Made a climb.
1: uh, I would guess it's either F the police or (laughs) chocolate rain. Uh, This is America. America. Oh yeah, you know I saw last night, uh, Childish
0: Gambino was at number 97 last week and is uh leapt to the top now. So, yeah, things are going great. <laughs> things are going <laughs> things are going swimmingly. <laughs> okay, uh I think we're ready now. Joining us is uh Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins. Good afternoon, sir. Thanks for uh for hopping on the show. Glad to do it. Uh, I'm Dan. this is Jake. Hello Hey We are distant still we're seven feet apart. We are broadcasting from uh, above my garage. Good for you all and uh so're so we're we're attempting to keep the social distancing going um and maybe that's where we'll start only because there's so many things that that we'd like to talk to you about today but uh it almost seems like we've forgotten about covid with the protest slash riots that have been happening. But uh, I, I would guess you're a guy that would think we should not forget about that.
5: No, absolutely. Absolutely not. Um, we need to keep uh, that in mind. Today we had more cases, new positive cases than ever before. Uh, new positive cases that breaks the record from two days ago, which was uh, two fifty-seven. two fifty seven. So, We're continuing to see, um, you know, that go up, which means we've got to continue to avoid uh, crowds and uh, make those smart decisions like your your six-foot or greater distancing that you are doing, um, wearing the mask when we're out uh, uh, at stores or when we're on public transportation, and washing those hands, you know, a whole lot. Uh, How we're s- trying to help the protesters with that, too. The Mavs and I partnered to get them mask and hand sanitizer. And uh, let me use a minute of your show to say if you are a protester, okay, you can – if you've got a car – I don't have the walk-up worked out for you yet. But if you've got a car, you can go to the AAC or the Ellis Davis Field to the American Airlines Center site for testing or the Ellis Davis Fieldhouse site for testing. Ellis Davis Fieldhouse is – Basically at Polk and 20 or at 20 and 35 area. And of course, everybody knows where the American Airlines service. You can go there and you can get tested. Uh, it's you know we you need to know your status. We want to keep you and your family safe. And so that testing will be collected by Parkland Hospital. Your your information is not shared with law enforcement. If um, you've got my no word on that. We just want to get you tested, and we'll call you on the phone or however you want text you or something, let you know um, whether you are sick um, and, and the results of your test. So I really want to encourage you to do that. Also, if you're a protester or if your child uh, is, a, is a peaceful protester, I want to encourage them to stay six feet apart, right? We're outside. Uh, you can just make that crowd a little bigger, but if we could please stay six feet apart, a lot of our protesters, most, um, most of our protesters are uh, people of color, and we know that COVID disproportionately is affecting people of color. So uh, please, let's keep each other safe. Let's stay six feet apart. Let's use those masks and handset and password that um, we're giving to your leaders to hand to you, and let's get tested. Okay, let's uh, get continental. I uh, won't we'll be with law enforcement. Let's get
1: tested. And just to be clear, uh, this is uh, Clay Jenkins joining us here on the ticket. That is for people who are asymptomatic uh, entirely. Is that what you're saying?
5: That's right. Because the the thing is, you're uh, I'm not trying to uh, impinge on your personal right, but when you are, uh, you know, several days in a large crowd, right, and uh, people are singing and they're uh, chanting and just talking. Uh, The droplets from one person's uh, mouth uh, gets into the air and it's taken in the eyes, nose, and mouth of another person. And so that's why uh, the public health doctors uh, and the CDC are strongly encouraging people to avoid large crowds. So these are large crowds uh, by definition, and and so you're at increased risk like a uh, grocery store worker. So I worked out a a deal over the last about 18 hours with the feds. To allow you to be tested um just go up and tell us you've been at the protest we'll get you tested and for people who are like hey the judge uh that really makes me mad because i can't get tested um i don't work in the essential business i don't have any symptoms but i'm to test these protesters here's what you need to remember by finding people who are sick isolating the illness and keeping that illness from spreading out broader to the community that's keeping you safe, too. It's not about political viewpoints. It's about public health and safety. And whether it's a large crowd for a, um, you know, open Texas rally or whether it's a large crowd, uh, you know, uh, based on civil rights and, and police brutality and our policing practices, um, we need to make sure that we can keep our fellow uh, residents safe and so we're offering that uh, that testing for them. How do you
0: form your opinion when it comes to uh, we need to shut down or even what you're saying here what, when you're imploring people to get tested or to wear masks? Um, who are you talking to? Because clearly this isn't your training growing up, right?
5: Right. I'm talking to public health. I'm talking to Dallas County Medical Society. Uh, I'm talking to the Public Health Committee, which is made up of the chiefs of epidemiology, infectious disease, and public health at our six large hospital systems here, you know, Baylor, UT Southwestern, etc cetera. Um, and what they're saying, it's the same thing that uh, the other large hospitals across the United States are saying and the CDC is saying, uh, which is avoid large crowds, wear a face covering, six-foot distance, wash your hands. Um, by the way, there's there's a great amount of detail every every time the governor opens something. Um, the public health committee of all the hospitals um, will put out a document. They I'm sure they don't have whatever he did yesterday down, but um, they put out based on the facts on the ground in Dallas and the medical models that the hospitals are running in F.W. Um, what is safe for who in our area? Since it's a statewide, what is legal? They put out what is safe and uh, it might be different if you're over 65, but if you're 100% activity. You can get that at dallascountycovid.org. That's dallascountycovid.org. Um, you just download this color code chart. Unfortunately, right now we're red, which means you can't do a whole heck of a lot. But if we get a 14-day decline, we can get to orange. And, uh, you know, you can do a, quite a bit more at orange and you get down to yellow, which is the next color down you do a whole lot, like take vacations and things. And then the best number, the best color you can get to is green. And that's um, basically back to normal with a few exceptions.
0: Okay. That'd be cool if we got there. Um, let me just ask, do you also talk to business leaders and weigh their concerns Mom? and, and, and put those yeah. side by side and, and then make a decision?
5: Uh, sure. I mean, uh, Yeah, regular. I've got a business, a group of business people that advise me. Uh, It is, for instance, the president of the Dallas Regional Chamber and the Dallas Citizens Council and the Irving Chamber and just a whole uh, black chamber and Hispanic chamber and a bunch of chambers. And then, you know, the second in command of AT&T, Martin Cuban. Um, a lot of folks uh, advise me through the committee and just through, you know, texting and calling me um, pretty much at all hours, you know, with this round-the-clock deal that we're working on. And uh, so we look at all those things. I think what the business leaders that I'm talking to recognize is we're a consumer-driven economy. Right now, people are saying, man, this sucks, uh, and I can't wait till it's over with so I can go do whatever it is that they're missing. Um but where we'll really be hurt is if they're able to go do that for a time, but this reopening is, is done wrong, and we have to then pull back from that thing they could do for a week or two. Um, if that were to happen, it changes the di- dynamic from this sucks now, but it will get better, to this sucks, mm-hmm. and then when, when will it ever get better? Um, and we don't want that to happen. So we've got to all make those smart uh, decisions. we got to all – and the businesses have bought into that. We want to we want to focus not what is on le- what is legal, but what's safe. And that's why a lot of businesses, you know, church. We don't really think a church is a business, but they really led by example. You know, first first off, houses of worship. You know, the I know. Probably two months ago, they said, "Hey, you know, mega churches open back up. You can have as many people as you want. They can do whatever they want to." And you know, across all religions, they pretty much. You know, Alicia in Dallas, and he said, no, we're not doing that yet. And this, you've seen the same thing with businesses, too. Uh, the businesses are really being careful and smart about the way they do things.
0: Speaking of businesses opening up, the Shelly Luther thing uh, went down. I'm sure you're pretty familiar with all of that. Um, uh-huh. Did you feel that uh, in the end, was that just an orchestrated stunt by Shelly Luther?
5: Who knows, right? I mean, um uh, I, I I don't know. I don't know what's in people's heart and what's in their uh, mind. Whether um, I know she did set up the GoFundMe page for probably a week before she uh, went to jail, and it certainly worked out, you know, very well for. Her, but I I don't know.
1: This is Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins uh, Clay Jenkins joining us here on the ticket. I saw the, the interview that you did Monday night on WFA, which, as an aside, was quite hilarious because Rebecca Lopez was doing a stand-up, and you happened to be walking around in the background, and uh, she said, hey, Clay, and uh, <laughs> spoke with her for a couple minutes there. And I remember the term that you used regarding, as we shift gears a little bit here, regarding racial injustice and police brutality, you used the, the quote that we need a uh, radical transformation. We've been talking a lot here about you know sort of bigger-picture type things that you can do as far as educating yourself on the on the history of these issues and how we ended up here. But from your standpoint, what are some tangible things policy-wise when it comes to policing that you would like to see done uh, if, if this message ends up being carried through?
5: Sure. We need uh, the response teams for mental health uh, to be people that are trained in mental health who um, are not armed. Um, you know, if, if, you've got a mental health situation where the person obviously has a gun then we've got to send a police there, but we, we've got to quit asking our officers to do things, uh, beyond what they're, they're trained to do. That means we've got to spend some money, um, on, you know, mental health and other sort of, uh, interventions. Um, and so, you know, that's a thing we got to have a situation where, um, uh, in the partners are held responsible for the actions of their partners. So if, if I'm beating on somebody um, in front of you and you don't say anything, you're just as uh, uh, guilty as I am uh, when the complaint's found to be uh, meritorious. There's a whole host of things uh, that we've got to do on a policy uh, basis, and I'm committed to doing them. Um, you I know, the, already talked to uh, the city manager of Dallas uh, first call this morning. Uh, police chief of Dallas and I and one of the Congress people talked for uh, 40 minutes uh, later in the day. Um, So we're pushing uh, that. We're going to have some community conversations where we bring in DISD students and Dallas County College uh, students to talk about what they're seeing. Um, And and we had a two-hour Facebook Live conversation with Mothers Against Police Brutality and other uh, civil rights groups. Um, and the police chief, the city manager, myself, and the DA on Saturday night. We're going to keep doing those things. Um, so from my standpoint, um, you know, I'm signing President Obama's pledge, um, and I'm waking up every day, and, and you can do this too, I'm waking up every day, and I'm saying, what am I doing today to further the cause of a more perfect union when it comes to this issue of policing and the disproportionate violence um, that members of the black community are experiencing, right? And so what I would say to the white listeners out there is um, it is it – is, it is, I'm sure it is appreciated by people that um, you're sympathetic. But I want you to get up every day and not what are you sympathetic about, but what are we doing about it? It can be little things, right? It could be a, a donation it can be talk to your kids about race. Uh, but we all have to think and get up and think about what they're doing. You know, I have a broad subsection of friends, right? And I will tell you all of my um, uh, from black friends are getting up every day. Uh, and these are people my age, right? They're not necessarily the protesters. Um, and they're getting up every day and they're thinking about what can I do? And that's what we all need to do. Because if we're going to build a more perfect union, we have to listen to one another And we all have to to chip in. We can't just, you know, this is a sports show, so I'll give you a sports analogy. You can't just watch a few people, you know, play the game. It's a team sport, and everybody needs to chip in. Uh, Hold me accountable, but do something yourself.
0: That's interesting. You brought up mothers against police brutality because I've never heard of that before. But uh, I have been thinking about the fact that, you know, during my lifetime – I've seen many things change, and I didn't really notice it until it was all of a sudden way different. Uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, I think, was pretty instrumental in in one of those things where uh, quite some time ago, you know, drinking and driving didn't have the stigma it does now. I'm going to list a couple more. would be seatbelt usage. I grew up not being told to put on a seatbelt at all. Now, there was different ways and reasons for that change. Smoking. Both of my parents and grandparents smoked, of course, you know, and. If we watch Mad Men, it used to happen a lot. Or uh, my last one would be the perception of marijuana over the years. Certainly, is way different now than it than it used to be. Uh, thought of as perhaps uh, like cocaine or heroin. Um, so, I, change can happen, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm not the guy. I guess you're in way more of a position to make policy as to uh, how that how that change can happen, though. And I, I would guess education is a big part of all of this.
5: Right, and the way, but the way we use those examples, think about this, folks. The way those policies happen um, is because ordinary people demand it. Um, if you're waiting around for a bunch of middle aged men in Congress um, to do something who were probably all smokers you know twenty, thirty years ago to do something on smoking, um, probably not going to happen. If you're waiting around uh, without uh, you know community engagement community, a steady community drumbeat for change uh, for the powers that be to change the power structure, then, um, you know, that may not happen. Now I'm committed, as I said, personally to a radical transformation of the way that we do policing um, and to uh, ending the situation where every 10 year old black uh, child has a talk with their parents about how to survive a police interaction. And I guarantee you there's, you know, if there are any white people doing it there are not very many of them. Um but um I don't have a black friend that hadn't had to talk uh with their you kids know, didn't have to talk with the parents. Um so um you know we've really got to uh uh use this this crisis, if you will, not waste it and use it uh you know to move forward. Um into, into a more perfect union, where we hear one another, we understand um, better what the people um, who are uh, victims of of uh, discrimination are saying, and when we look for ways to fix that, and it, it benefits all of us, right? think about mental health interactions. Uh, mental health uh, can strike any family, any 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 neighborhood. And uh, wouldn't it be much better if our mental health interactions were people trained in that as opposed to people who were out there to stop burglaries and, uh, you know, uh, you know, keep the peace uh, and suddenly had to go uh, be an amateur psychologist.
0: This is uh, Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins on with us here on the ticket. So we did have a guy we had a guest a few days ago who was a protester and gave his point of view. And we wanted to get more of, like, let's take a point of view from the city. Um, his, his thought was he thought perhaps the police, he, he felt they, they might have been escalating it a little bit, uh, that it, that it could have been more peaceful. Um, and I can't put myself in their shoes because that's a scary job for sure. But, uh, then we've heard from the other side, perhaps like outsiders are coming in to protest and they are, you know, they're not part of who's looking to have a, a, a peaceful interaction. Um, what is your take from that point of view? And maybe even the thoughts on, uh, dressing up in riot gear, does even just showing up wearing shields like that does, does just that presence escalate
5: things? It, It does. Um, so the first couple of days we had some people who were from outside of Dallas County, uh, get together and uh, come, uh, you know, um, interfere in peaceful protest and and get to a place where they um, were looting and committing crimes. And certainly we can never have that happen, right? And we had to uh, stop that from happening. Uh, In recent days, what you've seen is more peaceful protest. There have been... Components of civil disobedience, like people walking down bars, but it hasn't been the same as you know, or or, or starting fires, or and so um, when they, I was there uh, the night of the bridge incident, uh, and uh, they were protest frankly I uh, looked at the crowd. It was a lot of kids. It was a lot of uh, families. Uh, it was a very peaceful protest. They then went on a march um, where they blocked traffic on uh, I think, you know, the people who were in peaceful protest didn't recognize as they marched that they were breaking the law. Um, and... Um, You know, so, uh, but let me preface by saying I was not on the bridge. I was at the command center. So uh, I don't ever want to substitute my judgment for commanders in the field. It is important, though, that we um, listen and show a tremendous amount of grace and respect to people who are protesting Um, because that is a quintessential American. Uh, right of free speech. And um, there has to be some way uh, for people to express themselves uh, where folks will listen to it. Uh, and so those peaceful protests allow that. We need to work with that. It is a tragedy that a young man lost his eye and another young man's jaw was broken by these sponge, so-called sponge bullets, um, you know, that breaks my heart. Um, you know, when you zip tie a 16-year-old girl uh, up in it, um, it has a lifelong impact on her. So, um, you know, I really uh, have, have uh, obviously publicly and more so privately uh, requested that people show a lot of grace towards these peaceful protesters.
0: And I have just one final thing from my side of the table here. Um which is uh, just as as far as what went into the decision to impose a curfew. Were you involved in that decision? And uh, how how long would we see this, how long until the curfew would be over?
5: So the the curfew, uh, the main curfew is at the city of Dallas. These are city decisions. I did a county curfew on county buildings outside the curfew zone Um, uh, originally and so I, but uh, and and so the county curfew is a little later than seven and the city most cities are at seven, but the county curfew only affects uh, property that we own or lease that's not in another city's curfew zone. so basically won't be all that relevant anymore uh, that the city has expanded their curfew zone. Uh, these the, I, I think the city will likely keep that at least for the seven days. Uh, that the order originally was for, and then they can look to see if, if they want to uh, expand that or not. The curfew is working um, to uh, uh, keep the interlopers from coming in and um, using the the protests as an excuse to break windows or, or uh, you know, commit crimes. So that's working. How long we need to do it? I know it does affect businesses negatively also, and it's you know also people who live in that area. So they'll you know, look at that closely, and uh, as soon as it can be lifted, it'll get lifted.
1: Well, Judge Jenkins, we appreciate your time today, and uh, hopefully in a month or so you can get some sleep because I don't know how you're doing it right now. But we appreciate you taking some time for us today. Hey, thank you all. Keep up great work. There he is, Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins. Do you ever think about that, Dan, whenever you see someone who's on the news like 18 hours a day and think, how are they – how are they doing this right now? Like any president ever? Yeah, I was just saying
4: Trump you, or Obama does, or whoever. Yeah, yeah. how? Yes.
1: How are you to get? How are you getting by?
4: Bad radio talks to Pete Freeman from
1: Central Track. We don't have much of a run sheet today. We're kind of just sorting through it, but we did book one guest, and that is the managing editor. I don't even know what I call you. I just call you Central Tracks Pete Friedman. Pete. How are you? Good going. I'm the founder and publisher. Thank you. Founder and publisher. And at one point, um, my uh, my employer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so you were down in the streets all weekend. I, I've been obviously keeping up with your reporting on this on, on Twitter and, and on your actual site, centraltrack.com. So let's just start with the general. What have the last few days been like for you? Do you just head out there as as, as Early as you can, and, and plan to stay and get blisters. What What have your days been like?
12: Uh, well, I did not go out last night on Sunday night because, uh, yeah, very blistered and sore. I am not to those who know me, uh, Jim Bro, pretty clearly by visual. So uh, this has been a very physically taxing weekend. Uh, on Friday, I headed out to the protest at uh, BPD HQ. Started there and just kind of followed the March up until things kind of got haywire and then followed kind of the uh, intensified situation there as long as I could. Uh, until basically my battery on my phone ran out on Saturday. Then uh, I hopped out to the protest at city hall at around four o'clock. Uh, we were live recording on Instagram throughout both Friday and Saturday. Uh, we recorded until about eight o'clock, took a quick recharge breather,
1: and uh, went back out from about ten to one o'clock on Saturday night. Now let's talk about Brickgate. And, okay, uh, sure. This does not reference our friend Brick. Uh, no. Just talk me through this issue because I know that even our own Bob Sturm was posting some uh, some images of of messages that he got from friends with DPD. Um, that people were throwing bricks, and then we have this issue of there are reports that a lot of the people that are being arrested are not from Dallas. They're not, uh, they're not local at all. So sort of talk me through where we are on this, where these bricks came from, and, and the, the different sides of this, this discussion.
12: Uh, well, two things. First of all, as far as the people being arrested from out of uh, local market, uh, that was said by Mayor Johnson on a WFAA interview on Sunday morning. Uh, But it has already been shown uh, this morning through a uh, spreadsheet that DPD themselves have been releasing, which is interesting in and of itself of the names, uh, ages, sex, gender and city of residence of uh, the 60 that they have released so far that they arrested. There are many more than that. Uh, Only one was out of state. Most were from kind of the immediate area, like if not Dallas, then like Garland, Plano, DeSoto. Uh, uh So whether or not they're from Dallas proper, it's pretty clear from DPD's own uh, information that most of the arrested were from the Dallas area. And okay. I think that's pretty important. Um, as for the, uh, for today, yeah. So one thing that we've seen kind of nationally at this point is, uh, this, uh, suspicion towards brick piles that are popping up in cities, uh, allegedly, um, just suspiciously. Right. Uh, I can tell you that, you know, I have noticed some brick piles around Dallas myself and I was suspicious of them as well. Uh, but I think it's a little bit, you know, of a situation where it's a little bit of confirmation bias. As far as the stuff that I saw that did property damage, it was a lot of people using baseball bats and rocks and pipes and things of that nature. I didn't see any real bricks thrown, although it's possible I suppose they could have been shards of bricks at some point. But, yeah, there are bricks, brick, brick piles, kind of, or throughout the weekend there were brick piles all around downtown. Uh, you know, I can't speak to definitively about all of them, but I do know that it has been confirmed that there's been a lot of construction, street construction downtown. I don't know if some of that was escalated because it's kind of the shutdown around COVID-19 and allowed construction workers time to do this. But uh, one brick pile in particular that went kind of viral with people being suspicious about it was a brick pile across from the Tom Thumb near Victory Park uh, that uh, was just neatly stacked like a major pile uh, right across the street in the parking lot there. And people were retweeting this image and, you know, including us because a reader sent it along the photo and said it was not there that morning. They were suspicious of it, but that civilians were and uh, city officials were taking the pile away. Um, we have confirmed through other reader submissions, timestamp photos, and even a uh, Google maps image from February that these bricks have been in that lot since at least December, just sitting there. Um, construction crews very much do leave brick piles around uh, their sites. I think what we're having right now is a bit of a situation of confirmation bias. Like if you buy a new car, you suddenly see that car on the street everywhere. Right. I think people tend not to notice brick piles in their day-to-day life. Uh, that is not to say that all of these brick piles necessarily were always there, but as far as that one brick pile across from the Tom Thumb, uh, yeah, people are just very suspicious and their awareness is heightened. Uh, but it's important just to,
0: to verify stuff as best you can. And in the case of that pile, it's been there for, for, for literal months. That's interesting. So this is Pete Friedman from Central Track. He's, uh, he was at the protests over the weekend, yes. that protest, which became riots, I guess. Uh, that's interesting only because I was thinking that, too, in the sense of uh, you guys might not understand this, but uh, I started going bald, balding, and it's still heading that way pretty hard now. But then I started noticing, man, look at that guy. Look at that. I never noticed anyone's hair before in my whole life. <laughs> and now yeah. I will look at different guys and be like, oh, look. Oh, I could see it fading. Or, you know, I see even the, it's starting. But my whole life yeah, growing never, up I until I was 40 years old. Huh?
12: I never noticed how luxurious other people's heads of hair were until
0: I <laughs> You're a jerk. Uh, <laughs> but then I started noticing it all the time, all the time. And, uh, yes, I wonder if now that... You're preparing for a uh, possible ride and people to throw things through windows. Now you're noticing, hey, I didn't notice that brick pile. It wasn't there yesterday. Well, wow, a Google map image uh, showed it was there in February. Yeah. It should be uh, noted,
13: too, that
12: uh, DPD on the scanners on Saturday themselves were noticing these brick piles, and they were saying on the scanner... These brick piles were dropped off for the riots, but you know I think the same thing that they they're, but, yeah they they, they are also
0: Yeah, that's 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 really interesting because yeah, that is a rumor that's flowing around through the public and through the police. And yeah, uh, and it, should be, it should be noted that some some of these piles may have may, you know I can't speak to every pile, right? But at least maybe. that pile we can confirm has been there. So, in your opinion. And it's this is totally an opinion because you were there and marching. Um, what caused? What do you find is a major factor of then the violence? Was that inevitable? Was rooting or looting uh, and rioting inevitable? It was going to happen either way because, like Friday night, while I was at a uh, high school graduation, I'm watching my Twitter. And this is the reporter I chose to follow, was uh, Dave Boucher, or Boucher. He apparently works for the Morning News. And uh, he's uh, he was in the march, and hundreds still marching, uh, chanting, show me what democracy looks like. Uh, small scuffle, but everything else peaceful. Protesters surrounding and hitting a police vehicle, corner of Griffin and Young. Dallas police... Uh, uh, wearing helmets and face masks surrounding vehicles at Griffin and Young. Protesters graffitied a police car. More officers now. Heavy police presence. Few officers out of their vehicle. Uh, now the ch- police chief is speaking. Protesters smash a bottle against a police vehicle. Police saying people will be arrested if they don't uh, disperse. Getting tense. People screaming at police. They now have batons out. Police throwing projectiles at crowds. Smoke. Fire erupts. More canisters thrown. Uh Very tense. You know, it like, it just keeps getting... Progressively crazier. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've, you know, we've been talking today about misinformation, the bricks. You know, what, uh, are there people from out of town? You're, you're clearly dispelling a couple of those, uh, things, uh, for us right away. Uh, but another piece that I don't know what to believe is, you know, the thought of, uh, peaceful marchers, uh, uh, get all the way downtown, then police fire tear gas at them. Is is that the case, or what? What would your at least opinion from being in the march be?
12: Uh, yeah, well, so on Friday and Saturday, I witnessed kind of the same thing. Uh, in in basically, uh, as you know, I was kind of parking at our offices in Deep Ellum and then walking towards these sites. I noticed both on Friday and Saturday that uh, outside, like as you're walking toward uh, where these demonstrations are taking place, there are cops just posted up on corners, uh, kind of circling the area right um they're allowing people in and just kind of watching them and, and alerting people to their presence uh on friday in particular you know the protest was at dpd hq right so uh people were right in the you know the 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 dragon's den so to speak uh they uh you know at, at, on friday the, the march the there the were talkers uh, speakers uh at dpd hq then a the march started kind of went in a east uh, direction, then north towards downtown, and uh, was going to loop back uh, west through downtown and south back to uh, the Jack Evans building. Um, my contention both on Friday and Saturday that some of the uh, strife was clearly avoidable. Um, on the march on Friday night, cops were uh, kind of posted up at along the intersections of streets that were being passed and just kind of uh, allowing the the demonstrators to, to walk by, but making their presence known on Friday night at about nine 30 at the intersection of young and Griffin, the March was stopped. The police kept the march from going anywhere and kind of held them at that corner. And then all of a sudden, like dozens of cop cars screeched up to the scene and not from a distance, like right into the thick of the protest, uh, sirens blaring, you know, screeching to a halt and immediately jumping out of their vehicles in full riot gear, like face shield, uh, arm shield, batons, tear gas guns, uh, and so on. And then it kind of formed a, a circle and then eventually a line, um, that to me, as someone who was walking along with the demonstrators and, uh, kind of in that, in that March, but, which felt very, uh, know emotional but not violent by any means uh that's kind of an act of aggression right if if people come running up to you and jump out out in front of you and stand like right within 10 feet of your face in full gear the full gear things feels like hey i'm ready for this let's go yeah er, yeah because earlier you know you've seen uh kind of standard uniform cops watching and you know just watching from a distance and letting letting people pass These people, you know, first of all, the the protest was pretty much cornered at that intersection, and then the cops rolled up very closely. And I think that the, you know, there was an immediate reaction to that action where the protesters who were there to uh, make their voices and their concerns known about police brutality uh, were very much intimidated by that action. There was a response where uh, some people were taking like a skateboard to a cop car, uh, and I saw one glass bottle thrown and probably a handful of like plastic water bottles. But uh, I also saw after that as things, as that immediate kind of skirmish uh, kind of settled, not quite settled, but kind of as people took stock of what was happening. Uh, there was a moment where the cops were lined up north south on the uh, east side of Lavar and Griffin, fully lined, like a full. Uh, formation, just shoulder to shoulder, shields up, and we're staring down the protesters who are on the west side, facing back at them. Uh, Many of them literally on the front line of that, sitting cross-legged on the street and looking back at the the police. Uh, The police were kind of just standing there, not saying anything, and then slowly, through the instruction of uh, higher-up officers who were kind of behind that front line, the police started moving forward on the sitting protesters. So uh, we saw a similar scene on Saturday as well, where there was a large gathering, a very large gathering, thousands of people. I think Friday was also thousands as well. I dispute that notion that was only hundreds marching. Um, But there were thousands of people on city hall plaza on uh, Saturday. The protest started there around one o'clock. And then at four o'clock, same situation. People were on the plaza. The cops screech up along young street uh, drawing some of the people off the plaza to them for kind of kind of like a face-to-face shouting thing, similar situation where those people immediately felt agitated and there were some people throwing water bottles uh, and even breaking one uh, police windshield. Uh, but these people weren't, do, you know, they were spray painting uh, some along the City Hall Plaza prior to that. Uh, but the uh, situation then very much escalated from there. It should be pointed out that a number of protesters. Would immediately grab the people that they saw throwing things and admonish them for that and be like, that's not what we're here for. I saw uh, one Dallas rapper, Ricky Blue, uh, grab a non black uh, protester who threw something and just scream at him and said, I appreciate what you're doing. If they do that, they're not going to come after people like you. They're going to come after people who look like me. So there was a lot of kind of turmoil at that point among the protesters. And then what got really wild was. Uh, SWAT police, SWAT trucks kind of rolled up, uh, police hanging out of like the, like tank hatch at the top, uh, speaking with, uh, megaphones. It was kind of tough to hear because they kept yelling at you to go back and the volume of their megaphone wasn't loud enough to really hear the instructions. If you do go back, uh, but there was just kind of an act of aggression. They're forcing people back onto the plaza. Um, and, uh, as they were doing so, they fired tear gas and one canister landed, but, uh, 10 feet from me and I was blinded for a bit, two minutes kind of as it happened. There was a lot of unity among the protesters as that happened because people had milk and other like a baking soda solution that you put in your eyes that kind of acts as an anti-agent to the uh, pepper spray or tear gas. Um, And then the cops then started driving onto the grass in front of the plaza and advancing their line. And I mean, this is—I caught this all on video. They—they they, they pushed us back against the wall, like the front of City Hall, and uh, the east side, the east exit, and had us all like we're trying to get the protesters off the west corner. But as they were doing so, and I was kind of—I was initially trying to go out the east exit. Uh, they blocked us off, fired tear gas again at us, uh, kind of cornered us up against that wall. And, uh, I got, they also threw, uh, shot flashbangs, and I got hit with one in the leg. And it was just, you know, a pretty what is that? wild, a flashbang? Like a...
9: Yeah.
12: Yeah, it's kind of like a, a, a grenade like thing it's just like a big boom and a small explosion, uh, meant to kind of
1: intimidate and distract. Is it like paint? Um, no, no, it's like a, it's, a, like no, a it's, it's like it's a, like it's a, like it's, a grenade to stun you. Like it doesn't actually yeah. blow up. It's not going to blow up. And, okay, and I've heard that anything,
0: term but... and I saw some other video of like a paint pellet or something hitting somebody. No, I did
12: not see paint pellets, pellets. and I, I later on in the night I, I did see rubber bullets used. I had some friends who got hit with those, including one of our.
0: Sorry, you're breaking up for used. a minute here. Pete Friedman is uh, on on the sorry, phone, sorry. and. Uh, He's Sorry, computer-like yeah. Computer-like so phone. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> no, it's uh, okay.
8: So, yeah. We, well, it's, inter- so, it's interesting yeah, to
0: me what you're saying. Just, uh, I want to also think of it from the police side, but you weren't on the police side. Just because no, that's, that's, you know, whether it's pulling over somebody or whatever, I do think that's a uh, crazy job to even have. You know, the, you must fear for your life all the time. Uh, and And if they're wearing riot gear, that seems like they were prepared for something. But if the protesters yeah. slash riders brought milk and whatnot, they were prepared to fight in that manner or they knew what was coming. Like, it's all. It's all a mess, dude.
12: Oh, it's, it was absolutely a mess. I mean, we, we were there to just kind of document it. Um, but, you know, I, my contention is that there there was better way to handle this uh, than the police necessarily did. Um
0: and I wonder I if think. they're looking across the nation at places that did handle it better, if they are going to take stock of that. And or, you know, are there better ways to go about your protest to make sure your message doesn't get lost in the end that it turned into a looting riot? like. Well, I will say because we were checking out the, the on
12: Saturday night kind of some of the damage in Deep Ellum the people I saw in Deep Ellum at from ten to one were not the people I'd seen at uh, City Hall from four to eight and throughout downtown. Um, that was a different kind also, of a
0: person showing up there.
12: I mean, I won't say kind of a person, but I didn't necessarily see like the same people. You know, uh, like throughout throughout the afternoon on Saturday, you know, there were kind of repeated skirmishes throughout downtown where there would be lines of police slowly advancing on lines of protesters. Uh, and you know, you recognize certain people throughout the day who you would seen yeah. earlier. And, uh, I think my, my thought is that I think people saw some coverage, perhaps, and footage that was going viral of some of these standoffs and then decided to join the fray later. Like this was an excuse to then go out and create some property damage because the people, for the most part, who I saw early on in the day were not doing, you know, they weren't taking bats to store windows. Yeah.
1: All right, Pete, we appreciate your time, man.
12: Keep your yeah, head up. We'll be back We'll be back out there tonight. There's a protest at 6 p.m. So people can follow us, uh, instagram.com slash central track for your live coverage of that. Uh, and we're just going to keep covering this. And people can follow along throughout our social channels and our website.
0: So they've scheduled a protest for 6 p.m. Dallas has already said we have a, a 7 p.m. curfew. Is this just yeah. setting up another uh, should Dallas have put a 7 p.m. curfew? Is that a good idea?
12: I I can't. I don't know. I can't answer yeah. that necessarily. I think we're still seeing that play out. But I do know, yeah, the protest, the, the organizers behind tonight's protest have already come out and said that regardless of the of the curfew, they will be gathering at 6. Uh, that is, I don't know how long things will necessarily be lasting because that's like an hour. I don't know if things will go on after that. But cops also last night when the curfew went into place were – Rounding people up and uh, mass and arresting them throughout downtown.
3: All right, well, we'll follow along
1: tonight. Check them out at centraltrack.com. dot com. It's Pete Freeman. Thanks, Bud. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, guys.
4: Bad radio talks to Kaylee Johnson from the Fort Worth Star Telegram. We're going to look here at Dallas versus Fort Worth.
0: I was kind of locked in last night to some local news stations. We're focusing. They were focusing more on. You know, the news, uh, Jake, just focuses on the negative stuff, and uh, mostly, I was on Channel 5 and Channel 4, going back and forth, and they were, much of their stuff was on the uh, the bridge, the Margaret Hunt Hill Bridge, which is an oddly named bridge. They should have named, like, a hill after her, right? It's called a hill, and then it's called bridge, uh, but... Okay. That protest was uh, weird because they, (laughs) oh, we're doing a bit. They, all the protesters walked onto the bridge, but then the police stopped them, and then they also got behind the protest, and then they kind of uh, trapped them on the bridge, and uh, everything seemed pretty peaceful. I don't know. Uh, different reports on whether there was uh, some tear gas tossed in there or not. But
1: well, they certainly detained a lot of people for several hours, whether they're being charged or not, and we'll speak on that a little bit more later. But it might have been peaceful, but it was it felt coordinated, but uh, that's just my my read on it. Yeah, and I guess there was no reason to really arrest, only
0: because they weren't breaking the Dallas curfew because they stayed outside uh, the city limits. I don't know everything about it, but anyway, that was the big feature on the news because, uh, that did not go, uh, swimmingly was not, uh, tons of violence and all that kind of stuff. So I guess our, our level of what is success has changed, right? Like, okay, uh, I guess thumbs up because, uh, lots of things weren't broken and, and, uh, No deaths or anything. Nobody, no sword guy was being beat up, you know, so that's that's a lot better than than before. Uh, But it looked like things kind of the protest. It feels like it was dealt with in a uh, better manner in Fort Worth, which is a, a weird irony, only that we've been following all of this stuff and COVID included for quite some time now. And it always felt like. Dallas was the more progressive city on these things. They're shutting things down. They're limiting things, whereas uh, Fort Worth was a little bit later to that party. So at least in my mind, it felt like, oh, Dallas is kind of handling things better than when I saw what unfolded last night in the two locales. It kind of felt in my mind, hmm, feels like Fort Worth is handling this one a little better. And the feed I found myself following was that of uh, Kaylee Johnson she writes for the Fort Worth Star Telegram I don't know how somebody retweeted her or something but she was following uh, she was there at the protests in Fort Worth and uh, that seemed to go better the Fort Worth police chief um, in fact uh, if, if you f- go follow at Kaylee A. Johnson K-A-L-E-Y uh the, the police chief kneeled with the protesters. The protesters were chanting to, uh, you know, if you take a knee, we'll leave, and, and something like that. And uh, the officers did take a knee. In fact, I have a tiny bit of that audio that, that Kaylee put out there. So it all worked out well. There was no confrontation, and here is the police chief right after
6: that. Thank, God. Thank,
9: God. You're awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank you. You, know say, you just showed the nation how to do
0: it. So I think this is a a, a positive thing that's going viral. Hmm. You know, uh, joining us now on the phone lines, uh, Jake, the Buyers Barricade Ticket Hotline, as commerce is still important, is Kaylee Kaylee Johnson from the uh, Star Telegram. <laughs> Hey, Kaylee. Thanks for uh, thanks for getting back to me.
2: Yeah, no problem. Sorry, I slept in a little bit late today.
0: That's what we were wondering off the air. Is is uh, like, well, she didn't hasn't responded yet. And uh, Jake said, yeah, she probably was out pretty late, man. So, uh, let's just talk about the scene uh, there in Fort Worth last night. What uh, you know, and, and and how it ended up. Well, in fact, how did it even start? What were you following the march the whole way? Or the protest
2: yeah so the protest started at um it was supposed to start at six o'clock and they actually started marching a little bit earlier in downtown and it was hundreds of people walking throughout downtown um you know police officers on bikes were blocking intersections for them at one point the fourth chief ed krauss he, he joined the march and talked with people and then at about 630 they ended up back at the tarrant county courthouse where they started and organizers said you know we don't want anyone arrested everyone needs to leave because curfew was put into place for 8 p.m so you know they're encouraging people to leave but i would say you know 200 people said no we're we're not going to leave we're going to stay right here at the tarrant county courthouse um so that's what and, happened. It, it, uh, oh, on ahead. purpose,
0: they said they like we're going to stay here past 8 p.m. just to see.
2: There, yeah, there was a, a chant taken up by some people saying all night is all right. Um, some people expressed they did not think it was fair that they should have to leave when they were peacefully protesting, which this was the entire time peaceful protest, and so they were saying we're we're going to stay here. So the organizers left, but a couple hundred people stuck behind.
1: And then when the uh, the march, the protest culminated with, as Dan put that audio there, of the crowd chanting, just take a knee, there was one officer initially who was an African-American uh, who came forward, and he he kneeled right there in front of the protesters. Is it your understanding that that was an action that he took on his own, and then the other officers who joined him took it on their own, or was this any sort of coordinated Uh, response to that request from the crowd?
2: Chief Krause later said that was an action that that first officer and the officers behind him took on their own. The protesters were chanting, just take a knee. They said, if you take a knee, we'll go home. And then that officer stepped out in between the protesters and the other officers and took a knee and everyone else did too. And that was the moment you could hear on the audio. People started cheering and clapping and um, I think a lot of people felt emotional as they ran forward to embrace police. People shook hands, um, which you know I think a lot of people forgot about COVID nineteen in that moment. But okay. <laughs> people are embracing. It was a it was kind of a, a joyous moment.
1: This is Kaylee Johnson with the Star Telegram joining us here on the ticket. Uh, one follow up on that was it your understanding just from being able to read sort of the the room, if it were outside that that was a request that was based in sort of we just want you to acknowledge what we're here for sort of like the, we want we want to know that you know why we're here and this is one way to communicate that
2: i believe that was how a lot of people felt later in the night so so after this happened then um a, a chief crowd said later the special response team and swat off to the side they they misinterpreted this embracing and, and what looked like, I guess, to so them, the crowd rushing towards police as a hostile move is the term that Chief Krauss used. So they came up on the side and this tense standoff started and Chief Krauss came and he he knelt with protesters and then talked with them. And a lot of them were telling him that that they just want acknowledgement of why they're there, of, you know, the police to acknowledge that they're hurting and that they just want to peacefully protest what they see as police brutality against people of color.
0: Dan, that's that's like a scary feeling when, <laughs> when you say misinterpreting that and they think they're rushing at them. So you say the police, the, the chief then walked up to join them just to show them that, hey, back off?
2: Yeah, so there was a standoff for about 20 minutes where you had SWAT lined up, special response team lined up, and officers on bikes. And it was just kind of, and there was a firework thrown at some point. Some water, bo- water bottles were thrown, and there was this tense moment. And then Chief Krause walked from the command center with um, Assistant Chief Julie Swearingen, and he walked into the, the middle and he knelt with protesters. Um, he later said that he saw this standoff and wanted to directly speak with protesters.
0: Damn. That's pretty cool. And uh, have you been following all of the Fort Worth protests?
2: Yes. Um, So this was a pretty different ending than on Sunday night. Then protesters were on West 7th Bridge and officers tear gassed them, did um, flashbangs. And um, I think they said 50 people were arrested that night.
1: Uh, this is Kaylee Johnson from the Star-Telegram joining us here. Regarding Sunday night, I saw a video that I must have been one you posted of Chief Kraus speaking with a protester, and she was trying to find out why they were not able to cross the West 7th Bridge uh, into that West 7th area down there. And he said uh, something effective. Well, we had credible reports that there were people who were aiming to loot, and that is an entertainment and shopping-type district over there. So do you know anything more about that that it just seems like the response – Last night was so different from Sunday, and I'm trying to, I guess, put my finger on what that was and if it was just related to reports uh, of what they they heard about what people in the crowd were were angling to do.
2: Right. So he was talking with, her name's Patrice Jones, and that was was yesterday's protest when he was marching, and she was saying, right, why wouldn't you let us walk down West 7th peacefully? Um, Because some of those protesters told me, They wanted to go down there specifically because it is one of the wealthier zip codes in Fort Worth, and they felt like someone told me, you know, these are the people that need to hear our message most. And so some people were frustrated that they were peacefully walking down the street. This has been a peaceful protest the entire time. And then police blocked them from continuing on that march. And um, I'm not sure what the big difference was between Sunday night and Monday night, Um, But Chief Krause decided on Monday to to directly go out and talk with protesters um, instead. And there was communication between them. They knelt down and prayed with the protesters. Um, And then one of the protesters said, you know, if SWAT leaves, we will leave. And Chief Krause said, I don't have a problem sending my, you know, my guys home. And he went over and talked with them, and then special response and SWAT left, and then all the protesters left as well.
0: And what time was that about? After curfew? Uh,
2: yes. This was about 9.30 p.m., so about an hour okay. and a half after curfew. How
0: about you? Uh, and again, this is Kaylee Johnson. Fort Worth Star-Telegram has been on the ground uh, following following uh, things in Fort Worth, Uh What's your concern for your own safety?
2: Well, I mean, I think the main focus for a lot of reporters is just doing our jobs there and being a witness to what happens, telling other people what's going on. Um, Our editors and um, bosses have been really great about sending us safety tips on, hey, if, if you get caught into your gas, here's some methods you can use. I mean, there is concern based on nationally. We've seen videos of reporters being, um, you know, getting hit by rubber bullets and getting tear gassed and, and that kind of thing, getting, getting, you know, in, involved. And that is a concern, I think, for journalists. But we also have a job to do, and it's important to be out there and do that.
0: But, all, you know, you don't have a TV crew with you and all that, or or a truck, you know, to identify yourself. And and I don't think writers anymore wear those hats with a little press card on them, (laughs) like in the 20s. Like, how are you not just thought as somebody who's just a a protester?
2: Um, Well, I do have uh, one of um, the photographers who works at Star-Telegram is out there with me, but we are, you know, kind of apart from each other, and I have a press badge, which on Sunday night, whenever I walked up and saw that some protesters had, been, protesters had been arrested, the police officer said, if you don't leave, you're going to be arrested for rioting. And I said, I'm with the media. And then he just checked my press badge and, and let me continue. So I'm hoping that's enough. Um, hopefully, you know, that press badge is enough to identify um Mia's press. I, I just talked with my editor about whether we should be wearing, um, you know, yellow vests or, or that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's kind of a discussion we're continuing to have because, you know, nobody really knows what the perfect way to go about this is.
0: Yeah, uh, and then is there concern? Like you even alluded to it. I think something about you know, remember, like just a few days ago, we were all worried about large crowds. <laughs> And uh, COVID, and now it seems like that's an afterthought. Do you have a concern that you're being exposed?
2: Yeah, I do think a lot of people are concerned about that, and me as well. I will say most people seem to be wearing masks, and um, a couple people have tried to shake hands, and you know, you, I just politely say, you know, let's do a elbow bump, which I don't yeah. even know if that's something we're supposed to be doing either. But I, I do think that that's something that Star Telegram is looking into of talking to leaders and saying, are we going to see a rise in cases because of these large crowds? So, that is something that hopefully is in the back of people's minds. Hopefully, people are wearing masks and trying to limit contact in these crowds.
1: And I assume you'll be back out there this afternoon?
2: Yes, um, I will be out there along with a couple other reporters and photographers from the Star Telegram.
1: What's this afternoon?
2: There is a 3 p.m. protest um, at the Tarrant County Courthouse. I talked with one of the organizers a few minutes ago. She said they're going to have voter registration out there. And I'm guessing that this earlier time, most of the protests have begun at 5 or 6. And I'm, this earlier time is because of the 8 p.m. curfew.
1: Well, Kaylee, I appreciate it. It was a, a rare cool moment for my city. And uh, it was very, very, uh, very cool to see somebody document it the way you did. We appreciate your time today.
2: Well, thank you very much. I really appreciate it.
1: Stay safe, and
4: uh, maybe we'll talk to you soon. That's Kaylee Johnson from the Star Telegram. Bad Radio Talks Baseball with Ryan Presley. All right, let's keep talking some baseball.
0: That's what we do here, Jake. That's all, all we do is talk baseball. And let's do it on the Buyer's Barricade ticket hotline with uh, Ticket P1, good dude Ryan Presley. There you go, guys. Hey, man. Hey, Ryan. it, so, <laughs>
9: Um
0: Can I say what you texted me or no? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go for it. <laughs> when I asked, I texted Ryan and said, uh, you know, he wanted to do some radio and stuff. He said, are we going to talk docking? <laughs> so I, I think just to prove he's a ticket P1. I, I think, think he only did that.
1: We've hit our quota for the week. We're docking. Docking content.
0: I didn't say it.
1: Probably one of the best
0: drops. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, what's life like for you right now? I guess you guys actually started training camp, right? You actually were at training camp and then left? Am I remembering this all right? Yeah.
13: Yeah, we we were out in West Palm Beach, and we got the word that, You know, spring training had been canceled, and then there was kind of a lot of confusion going on if we should leave or if we should stay. You know, a lot of guys had houses that they had rented out in Houston, and a lot of guys are thinking about staying in West Palm. So uh, we decided to come back home. It'd be, I mean, that's where my wife is from, and we got a house up here in Dallas. So it's just made sense for us just to come back up here. She's from here? She's from Houston.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, but you're spending time here now. Is that correct or no? Correct. I'm from I'm from Dallas,
13: and I have my trainer and my PT, and a lot of the there's a lot of big league guys around here who you know I'm able to play catch and do bullpens and and stay in shape
0: and stuff like that. Okay, so like, how fast could you play baseball if they said we got to play? I mean, I could start right now. I mean,
13: we've everybody's been pretty much moving around and. Staying in baseball shape. Um, I know a lot of guys have been, you know, hitting in the cage, uh, throwing live VPs, bullpens. Um, you know, it's more for the the starters is the ones that are going to have a hard time uh, getting back to normal because uh, they need more pitches to build up their, I guess, their strength and their uh, longevity. I guess throughout the season, and uh, I guess that's why we'll probably have another spring training. Um, so it's just, lot it's a lot of moving parts a lot of moving parts right now.
1: It's Astros pitcher and P1, Ryan Presley, joining us here on the ticket. Whenever they first started floating that number of, uh, like the bubble plans where you were going to go to four cities or, you know, I don't know, there was so, it's just so hard to keep up with all the proposals. Did you ever have a conversation with your wife or what was that conversation like of like, hey, I'm not, I might be gone for a little while or did they say you can bring a wife or how does that all, how is that all going to work?
13: You know, and that, that's a great question. I I, I mean, she kind of gave me that look of, okay, if we're going to do this, like, we, we need to have a little conversation. And uh, we talked about it. It's, you know, obviously she, she wasn't going to be comfortable, you know, me being gone for six months. Um, you know, we don't have any kids or anything, so she would be kind of just at the house by herself, I guess, just hanging out. Um, and I would be in a hotel room quarantining for – five months out of the year not being able to travel or do anything else so uh it was going to be difficult but i'm i'm sure we could have made it work uh it's just a, it's definitely it's definitely it's it's hard to
0: explain of how you would feel and how you would be put in that situation i guess so with the current plan whatever that is which changes day to day i know they're arguing back and forth about money right now but What's the plan on where we're going to play now?
13: Uh, I mean, we're um, there's a lot of questions being asked uh, from players, obviously, on um, questions like that and and safety and and how are things gonna? Am, am I going to be able to bring my kids? Am I going to be able to bring my family? What's going to happen? There's just there's so many questions that we have we we don't have the answers to um, and. You know, we're waiting pretty much for a phone call or, or union reps. You have a, a team that rep or a guy that reps every single team, and he talks to Tony Clark, and Tony Clark relays the message to them, and then they relay the message to us. So uh, we're, we stay in contact with them uh, pretty much every single day. It's just we haven't heard anything
0: from them lately. So uh, we're just kind of waiting around and seeing what's going to happen. So you see, like, some guys uh, – let's see, who comes to mind? Trevor Bauer – Bryce Harper, who else? Blake
1: Snell on Twitch.
0: Blake Snell on Twitch (laughs) are are coming out with their hot sports opinions. They don't like it. or They do like this or whatever. Do they have, like, do they ask you if you approve of this current, you know, whatever it is, the 114, the 50 game, whatever. They keep throwing things back and forth. Do they have, like, a full union vote, or does just your, you say, I trust my, the team, union uh, representative um so we'll have like a probably
13: a zoom call or a, a big group message between the team and they'll lay out what's going to happen um obviously if there was some majority of people not liking what was being put in front of them i think that you would hear from it from that rep <clears throat> explaining that to tony clark but um as of right now you know i think everybody's just kind of on board with you know everything's we're just waiting to hear you know it's just it changes every single day so um the most we can do is just hear what they have to say and then go back to the drawing board of all right what's our next step and what else do we need to do
1: it's ryan presley of the astros joining us here on the ticket i just i think it's fascinating because sports and especially in the clubhouse like that is your guys like you're all in it together and we're all pulling in the same direction People have different, you know, beliefs and opinions about this or that, but it's just the cool thing about sports. But I guess I just wonder what it's going to be like. I mean, not everybody's going to be happy one way or the other, right? Like, that's how it works in a vote. But have you thought at all or talked to guys at all about, like, hey, when this is done, it's done. we got to move forward together. Or are you worried about any sort of potential, you know, awkwardness if, if guys who are in this spot want out? You know what I mean? Like, I just I feel like it has a potential to be slightly awkward,
13: yeah, I mean, it depends on, on how vocal you are, I guess. Um, me, I'm not a very vocal person. I just kind of keep my head down and, and move forward. Uh, and if you want to or vocalize wh- how upset you are about what had happened in the negotiations, you know, um, if you're on my team, we can go talk about it and, and stuff like that, because I would love to hear your side of why you would want that to happen. Um, but for the most part, I think guys are going to be united and, and they're all going to agree on one thing. And and I think the one thing that we all do want to agree on is just we want to start playing baseball again and we want to have fun playing the game that we have loved to do since we were five, six years old and we've had this much time off since we were that age. You know, it's we're ready to go, we're ready to play. So it's just we're waiting to hear something and, and we'll go from
0: there. What's the communication like with, like, Coaches or manager or you know front office things like that. Um, I've heard
13: from the trainers uh, with them opening up the stadium down in down in Minute Maid and and over here at Globe Life or whatever you guys want to call it. <laughs> um, and uh, you know we've heard from them a little bit, and they're just checking in on on us if we have any you know nagging injuries or if we've done anything relatively stupid that's hurt ourselves or whatever it might be the case. Um, they just like to check in, and and it's not awkward in that sense. It's just
0: they're just doing their job. Have you watched any of the Korean baseball? <laughs> you know what? I watched a little bit of it, and the
13: 60-mile-an-hour curveballs are, are interesting.
0: <laughs> oh, I wasn't even thinking like that. I was thinking more of just the the scene with no fans or the –
13: Oh yeah, the atmosphere is definitely different. The fake um, fans, or yeah, I don't, I don't know how that's gonna. I know a lot of guys are have said some things after a pitch that's left uh, left the stadium, and I, I hopefully they're pretty quick on on dumping some stuff. <laughs> um, because I know I've been victim of that, and um, you know it's, it's going to be interesting for
1: sure. Do you think they would ever come to you guys? And we talked about. This more with the NBA, just because everybody's in way closer quarters, and and obviously the field of play is much smaller. But could you ever foresee them coming to you and saying, "Hey, uh, Ryan, I you, you can't drop an f bomb after you give one up"? Or uh, do you think they would ever tell players don't swear during games? You know what? They,
13: I don't know. That's a good question. They might start handing out suspensions if you're if you're loud enough. <laughs> um, but. You know, it just depends on, on what you say, I guess. So, Weren't they
0: initially saying you can't spit? Yeah, they, also that, had
13: a, yeah they had us sitting in the in the stands, too, out in the bullpen, which would have been interesting on how we would have gotten down to warm up really fast. But it's just me.
0: Yeah. Wild times, so, man. Weird, um, so what's your ticket P1 history? I know that you're from here. You went to Flower Mound or uh, Marcus? Oh, yeah, I went to Marcus High School. FM Marcus, and your as your senior year, where'd you go before that? Yeah. I went to a small private school out in Carrollton, uh, American Heritage Academy, and they
13: were my senior year. They didn't know if they were going to have a baseball team, so I, I had to transfer. I had to go play at go play at Marcus, which I think was the best move for me at that time. Anyways,
0: is that a uh, is that a Southlake rival?
13: I think they used to be I, they they changed divisions so much but okay. I know that they they they've had some pretty good games in the past I'm sure. Did you dominate?
0: Uh, um sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh you, you must have been fairly good. Um did you ever throw a no-hitter in high school? Let's do a couple. Okay. Just
13: tricking some people.
0: Okay. Uh and you played football? I did. I was an ankle biter.
13: I would uh, I would tackle your shoelaces for sure. Okay. you get low? Um, were right. you
0: dominant there?
13: I was okay. I mean, until I realized my senior year that these guys are getting a lot bigger than me, and I'm not. So, I think baseball is the way I need to go.
0: Okay, so I saw you were drafted, but you also, or you went to the Red Sox after being drafted, but you uh, you signed, or excuse me, you signed the intent to play with Tech. Uh, you I could have had your guns up. Um, what did you think about going back into the you know playing for Tech for a year or two? Or are there different rules if you're? I think if you're in a junior college, you could go the next year, right? But you have to stay two years if you went to Tech. Well, what was what was behind your decision to go ahead and just turn pro and not not be a Red Raider?
13: Uh, Some my parents and I had a conversation of you know Texas Tech has been there since the 1800s, and, you know, this is an opportunity that you can capitalize on. And, you know, I've, I negotiated to have my school paid for if I, if baseball weren't to work, uh, work out for me. So I, you know, I rolled the dice and, and tried to go play pro ball, and it's, uh, it's worked out pretty well for me. But, you know, I just, I think if I went to Tech and something were to happen or some kind of freak injury, I would always have that regret of, I had that opportunity and I just didn't take it. So I got it presented in front of me. And I, that's just the route that I wanted to go.
0: Okay. Uh, and I think I never let you answer the question I started with, like your your P1 history. Uh, I know you're P you're P1 of the ticket. We met you when you, you came in studio with your wife to uh, to see Norman Donovan. Was that like a birthday present or something she got you? I can't recall.
13: Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty easy going. Um Super old school, too. You know, I usually just listen to you guys, just sit in the garage and let my dog lay out in the driveway and just people watch. But, um, I'll just sit there and listen to you guys for the most of the afternoon. And, uh, I just thought it'd be really cool to come up there and shake Norm's and Donovan's hand and, and talk some baseball. Was it less cool than
0: you thought it would be? (laughs) Uh, Norm's laugh gets me going pretty good. So I thought it was, I thought it was pretty fun. (laughs) Uh, he is a legend. And uh and where were you you said you have you have like a place outside of Fort Worth as well. Uh you said you're out uh trying to trying to catch a pig or something like that yesterday. Yeah, just had to get out of had to get out of the city
13: for a little bit just to go relax and clear the mind and just kind of be out in nature, but yeah, just went pig hunting and came away with one. Now I got some meat in the freezer and it's going to be good eating.
1: All right.
0: He's a true Texan. Well, <laughs> well, I think we were both about to say, well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> I think we were. But we have a new show, so we're figuring it all out. You know what I mean? So I hear you. It's like uh, going to a new team, I suppose. And uh, by the way, just for Jake's funny jokes earlier, uh, he was not on that team, the uh, Astros team. He wasn't with the Astros when they were.
1: <laughs> allegedly banging,
0: banging trash cans. He was ba- talking bad behind you behind your back, Ryan. And I won't have it. It,
13: it doesn't surprise me one bit. See, this is this. That's this the ticket, guy, ferret.
0: This guy. That's the way he is. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, we wish you luck, uh, and uh, we hope there's baseball. How about that? I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. There he is, Ryan Presley, from the Houston Astros. Although his hero Norm calls them the Disastros, and uh, I won't have that.
1: See, I wanted to ask him. <laughs> like, don't you wish you had the audio of in the breaks the day that he was at the station? Like, don't you think Norm's vision the... for fantasy info or oh
0: my
4: gosh, or just yes. whipping what is the up? guy's ass over yeah. the
1: smallest little things? Like, yeah.
4: Bad Radio talks the South Park documentary six days to air. Let's review
0: a documentary which was actually out. Uh, Nine years ago, smart guy Not <laughs> ten, not even close to ten Okay It came out in 2011 It was a South Park documentary And I actually watched this a couple weeks ago, Blake But saved it for you Aw Didn't burn this on Danny Because I didn't know if he'd appreciate it like you would uh, We thought Jake was a South Park Stan <laughs> But uh, then Blake came along And just blows you out of the water He's, like, how you have a Kemp spin on anything is mentioned, he can tie anything you mentioned back to South Park. It's, oh, yeah. it's impressive. They uh, did an episode on that. I season will concede. Eight. And uh, South Park's fun. I'm watching it now with my younger kid, which is weird. I don't advise it. Like, maybe you want to watch it a little bit first to, to see if, uh, like, we don't really watch it in front of mom a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in there. That's avoid the human centipede episode. With her. Well, well,
6: well. It's funny you
0: should say no, that you, you did it. it. Oh God. <laughs> because we actually have watched, you know, we started watching just a couple years ago and then we were like, well, let's keep watching. It's only like 10 episodes a season. They're 20 minutes each. And so then we would back up two more years. Well, let's watch the two previous seasons. Well, then we would back up two previous seasons and, uh, We ended up now, we just backed up, and we're starting with Season 15. So we have, like, Season 15 through 18 to watch uh, that we haven't seen yet. Then next time we start, we'll start at Season 10, you know? I don't know why we're doing it like that. It's just what we're doing. And uh, the first episode of Season 15 is called Human Centipad. Mm -hmm. Mm. And the South Park documentary, so we watched that episode and a couple... Uh, others in that season, and then we're like, oh yeah, hey, I've wanted to watch this for a while with you. I don't think I've ever seen it. Let's watch the South Park documentary. It's called Six Days to Air. And it is a pleasure as well if you're looking for not too long of things to watch. It's only 42 minutes. Apparently it was made for TV. It was aired on Comedy Central. So it's not your regular doc. It's not a 10-part thing. Although it seems like there there is plenty of meat there. You could probably... Uh, you could probably make something longer and go a little more in-depth. They did not. So uh, they're just in the writer's room in this first uh, cut, and they will talk about how they just do some brainstorming, and this is how they came up with uh, the idea for an episode later that season, Blake. I think it it was like the Crack Baby Athletic Association, where they would somehow get crack babies to play against each other and they liked it cuz they didn't have to pay them
3: <laughs> yeah. and
0: for tips on how to keep this scam going cartman ended up going to like the university of colorado's athletic director and say all right how do we how do we keep this going cuz they're wanting us to start paying our players uh, you guys don't have to i'm feeling a weird echo right now genius do we have an echo yeah i think okay. it's just that's gone there kid. now uh so here's uh, cut one they're in the writers room they're talking about um just coming up with different ideas
12: you know it's getting a lot of traction in the last like like maybe six months how up the ncaa is and how up it is that players don't get paid they're playing on abc on sunday in front of like 20 million people and they can't afford to fly their mom to the game you look in the crowd and everybody's white all the athletic directors everybody's white all the players are black, or most of them are, you know, 90% of them are black. And you're like, dude, you're selling their image, like,
8: on video. You're signing video game deals.
0: So they're just kind of, they're kicking around things that are in the news. And that's one of the major uh, keys to the genius of South Park is, and why it's called Six Days to Air. They actually, so if it airs Wednesday, I think it was, or Thursday. Yeah, uh, yeah Wednesdays. They actually will write, uh, illustrate, ...produce a whole episode, but they don't start thinking about it until Thursday. Incredible. Maybe they have some loose things they've jotted down notes over the uh, the off-season or whatever, like uh, you might over the weekend, right? You'll come, come in Monday and try and put them all together to see what might work for the show. But they are very current eventy. So if it happened last week, they're going to have an episode on it, which is way different than The Simpsons or anything else, really, that have a ton in the can, you know, four months out. Or they might have their whole season finished when they start the season. They're working on every episode that week. And uh, who are the creators, Matt Stone and Troy Parker? Uh, They're they're saying, like, if, if they didn't do it that way, they would probably just drive each other nuts because they keep thinking of ways to tweak it and make it better. And they would never say, okay... This isn't going to air for two months, but I'm done. I'm going to work on the next one. They would just keep, like, obsessively trying to make this one better. So the, they pre, they prefer to do it this way because then they can uh, just – they're up against a deadline. It has to be done today.
1: The stress. And dude. I think
0: Trey Parker is never happy uh, when he turns it in, and then it does turn out to be good. But at, at the day they turn it in, he's like, this sucks. We, it, it He never is happy about it. A um, couple of cuts here. Which just relate to this time period and somehow relate to our current show as well. Because they're in the, uh, again, brainstorm room. They're just throwing out ideas. And uh, something comes up here that I think would interest you heavily.
12: And you got to feel safe to just go, what about this? And it's like people go, oh, and you go, okay, you know, I don't yeah. take any offense. You didn't like my idea. And you got to feel like. It's kind
8: of, it's weirdly vulnerable.
2: I've had friends that worked at other shows, and if you say something that doesn't work, they're like, eh, yeah, it sucks, you suck, you're not funny. And these guys, it's, it's actually a very kind room, and I think, like, the worst you get is, okay.
10: Well, the way that they work is definitely, like, having fun, laughing, chasing that, and never making it, like, a grind. You do that, start with the boys at the theater, and they're
8: like, it seems like movie trailers make you feel stupid these days. Yeah. Hello,
4: f*** you, Kevin James is a zookeeper. Go see it, ass that trailer of oh.
8: talking monkey in a, in a b- b- movie? He's going to get Cameron
3: get,
12: get James is a zookeeper. F*** you. He's about to get married.
3: F*** you. I'm a squirrel. I can't talk. F*** you. I'm I'm to, to the guess. Caribbean. 40-
6: Forty In
3: eight. F*** you.
6: <laughs>
3: <laughs> so
0: 2011, if you remember, why did we start talking about the zookeepers? Because you were watching the Mavs finals run in 2011 and you saw them promo the zookeeper that reminded you of when george once proclaimed it was a game changer in comedy (laughs) and uh you would never view movies the same anymore
1: (laughs) i just think it's so cool in this documentary to listen to them just hashing stuff out man like hasn't that if you could do any other job than this one don't you think it would be cool to just be in a writers room every day and just empty your brain out with people who are also okay doing the same thing and
0: you're just trying to one up each other with absurdity. Right. And but,
1: but yeah, it's not but it's also not it's on fun. the air. So you can you want to talk about ultimate safe space type thing.
0: Actually when we sat around writing Uh, our skit for the uh, Friday Night Live bit for (laughs) for Ticket Stock a few years ago. I thought that was really fun. So much fun. And if that was every day and, like, that's your job, that could have been really something. Uh, We could have been a contender. So, on a future show, so not Human Centipad, basically this uh, documentary revolved around the episode Human Centipad, uh, which was a combination iPad-Human Centipede. Uh, But... On one of the other shows, what was it? Oh, okay. On this show, uh, I think it was Stan who started becoming very cynical about everything in life, and everything seemed like S to him. Uh, Music he used to like now sounded sounded like crap. Uh, Things that he used to like now sounded like crap. And it sounded like, oh, he's becoming a cynical teenager or something like that. Well, here he is... uh, the doctor is meeting with him and trying to uh, trying to diagnose what's wrong with him, and uh, they will end up, so you saw in the writer's room, they kind of mentioned Zookeeper. They didn't build a whole episode around it, but they did work it in.
4: Hmm. I'm going to try something else. Look at these two pictures. One of them is an ad for Kevin James' new movie, The Zookeeper, and the other is a turd in a microwave. <laughs> Which one is the ad for The Zookeeper?
1: They both look the same. You don't see any difference in the pictures. No. That is an ad for the zookeeper, and that is a turd about to be reheated.
7: They both look like turds about to be reheated to me.
4: Oh, dear. I think I know what this is. You see, Stan, as you get older, things that you used to like start looking and sounding like s***. And things that seem sitty as a child don't seem as s***y. With you, somehow the wires have gotten crossed, and everything looks and sounds like s*** to you. It's a condition called being a cynical s***. oh no yes
1: there's no known cure i'm afraid (laughs) (laughs) so that
0: just shows as they're kicking things around in the writer's room they kept the note on the zookeeper sucks but they didn't know how to use it and it didn't turn into a main storyline uh but one thing that did turn into the main storyline was they were giggling about the uh, concept of a human centipede oh uh what they were actually talking about was the fact that how often have you just clicked a button when it says, uh, do you accept the terms and conditions? Like, so, uh, in fact, I might have done it yesterday when, you know, you have an iTunes update or some update. and But you can't do the update until you click this box. Check the box, and it will say... Did you read it? And yeah. You, you check. Of course.
1: It's a six-point font that you would have to scroll for two days to get through. It's 50 pages. It's unbelievable. And it's written in legalese. That right. You're not educated to process. And uh,
0: I have a lawyer mom that says that doesn't mean anything, that even things you sign, you can claim that later that, uh, you know, a document of this size, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but we all just click it. Well, that was their writer's room idea. So that's just the general idea. Uh, Then they got thinking, okay, well, what if worked in there, on page 48, in uh, small print, uh, it says that we can do these terrible things to you, and one of them is create, make you into a human centipede, and uh, sew your mouth to the uh, backside of another uh, human, and then uh, your backside, another mouth will be sewn to it, and it's... uh, So they're they're taking the concept of a really weird horror film that was out a while ago, which was Human Centipede, which dealt with that, that a mad scientist actually did that, but then they combined that with these iTunes agreements, and now you've signed up that you would be a Human Centipede to help them develop a Human Centipad, because at the very end of it... There was, like, an, uh, an iPad. Well, then they worked it into where uh, Cartman would win one of these, and, and I think, is it Stan that's in the middle? I don't know. Kyle. I can't remember. Kyle, Kyle's yeah. in the middle. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you think that's a really fun job to be able to just brainstorm and kick things around and eventually come out with this absurd show, the uh, what might be the worst job there would be the uh, the poor lady who has to call standards and practices... And uh, so throughout the week, she's got to keep in touch with the suits at Comedy Central and say she has to describe what they're going to be doing and get it okayed because if it's not okayed, they can't put it on the air. So they might have to say there's going to be – this is going to be – well, anyway, here is uh, the girl talking to standards
4: and practices. The woman, I should say. The Japanese man can have to talk for the whole centipede, you know. I was like, "What do you want to do, Kyle?" Like, he said he, said, uh, he won't do you know, Just whisper into my. <laughs> <throat> <laughs> you know,
9: generally, it's like it's
4: a
12: good idea if everyone in the room is laughing, and then Ann Garofino kind of looking a little bit. Like, yeah, she's bummed like yeah, Really, we're doing you know, that
8: yeah. or something? And they're like, "Oh yeah, Ann, we're gonna do that."
12: <laughs> when they <laughs> into each other's mouths. We're not going to see feces in the iteration that I have seen so far. But I don't know what's going to happen at the end yet. We haven't written the end. She's on the phone. Maybe. Yes. Maybe we see them being sewn together. Yeah. Thanks. Happy Easter to you, too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, like, the Friday before Easter weekend. That That
1: lady probably went to, like, you know dartmouth law right right. <laughs> just...
0: and now okay when they uh well okay well they will sew the mouth <laughs> we, will to the, uh, to the we will see that to the back side we'll see that we'll see feces <laughs> Jeez,
1: it's a cool 42 minutes uh and the whole one more thing on that lady uh-huh. that lady exists on every show or that guy but they have way more time to have the conversation that's what i think is so interesting about her job is it, it's in real time and then as it goes back to them they're under the gun. Yeah, they might be told, no, you can't do this or that. And okay, it might be a pretty big to, part of the episode.
0: They have to uh, revamp it yeah. you know, enough. Uh, even South Park answers to somebody. Uh, another cool bit in there that maybe I'll get to this at some other point, but they took acid at the Oscars. Yeah, that's which a, is that's like a, a famous a, story, man. A classic story, but <laughs> we'll hold that and uh, just tell you that it's a good little 40 minutes. South Park, uh, six days to air.
4: And, you know, you might want to wait till your kids are a little older to watch that with them. Dan talks about his daughter's graduation experience during Roni times. Dan, it appears
1: that someone in my home uh, has Googled. This is a text message from my wife. Yeah, like wife? To, you wife. a wife? If you like to look at this real quick, don't scroll too far up there. You might see something you don't want to see. Oh, I want to see it. But it, uh... This here, this little... Yeah, it appears that she... she... Finally did some Googling and is now pretty disgusted with uh, your line of humor. And Oh, she Googled docking? <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh. <laughs> Instead of me with the
1: little, you know, the guy who's got the hand by his chin emoji. <laughs> what's next, Jake? <laughs> yeah, it's a very what's next moment.
0: Well, I can't wait till her local mom's club kicks her out uh, uh, it's and fo- she just decides to stop listening. Forthcoming for sure, as it were. Does she know about... That story, of course, that my wife was kicked out of a mom's club because of because of people not really understanding humor, in my estimation. Other women. We're just, we're too deep. Yeah. We're too many levels of, of, of hilarity here for, you know, some ladies who uh, just dropped a kid to really understand. Uh, yeah, that was when... Little Ava was a baby, I guess. And little Ava is now somebody who graduated from high school this Friday. That's what I want to talk to you about from. So, officially her high school Southlake had their
1: graduation. Maybe that's why Shelley Luther was here. She they have her speak cuz it was a keynote. <laughs> so, do graduations
0: high school ha, usually have a guy Come in like colleges do, or do they usually handle it all in house? Because ours was all in house. Like, don't know. I don't think
1: we had anybody at ours. But you know what? I have heard of people that that have had that. I don't know about you guys back there, but I remember, um, <laughs> I remember being jealous of a friend of mine, Jelly, because uh, Walker's partner from Walker Texas Ranger <laughs> spoke at his graduation.
0: I have a line that we might be able to get him on the show. Which one? Walker. Oh, okay. I thought you meant his his sidekick. He's, Cordell. He's 80, and CD. I have a guy who's in his inner circle. Like, as far as with his uh, foundation, his Karate Man Foundation. I don't remember what they call it. I apologize. But once he's on the show, we're going to plug the hell out of it. So we'll get you lots of donations. Uh, and
1: he says... He's been talking to him and he's. Trevet, not, sorry. I don't want, I don't want the Walker stance to get angry with me. I would never accidentally make that mistake if we have Chuck on. Never. Yeah, we might be able to get him on. But I don't know, dude. It's tough. It's, he's kind of your white whale at this point. <laughs> I've been hearing about this. Like frankly, if, you could if we're have... pulling the curtain back, I've been hearing about this for like five years now. Who would
0: you want on more? Like him or Tiger or. Like, think of guys we could never get.
1: I'll take Walker. I would take wa- Walker over just about anybody you're about to say. 80-year-old dude on the phone.
0: I mean, I think you got to try it,
5: right? Yeah. It might be
0: a disaster, but that's what this is all about. Like, does he remember the AIDS episode? That's all you want to talk to him <laughs> about, right? Does he remember right? Walker, Texas Rayleigh? <laughs> Boy, that was early. My early ticket days. When Chris Arnold interviewed him at on the sideline of a uh, Mavs game, Chris Arnold was like the TV sideline guy. Mm-hmm. And he got all flustered and called him Walker, Texas Raley.
1: it's Walker? You're going to be nervous.
0: A, uh, a great Texas murderer, right? Yeah. Walker, yeah. Texas Raley. <laughs> so uh, Friday night was our uh, Carroll High School graduation. And it was at Dragon Stadium. Not the Dragon Capsule, where we are. And it was... They were attempting to practice social distancing. A little better than I saw a graduation party I drove by. And it looked like everybody in the front yard was... Yucking it up like the old days. I was just wondering, how will graduation party season look this year? And even my daughter, who is not woke at all... Says, ah, you know, we've been talking about trying to schedule something, even a thing where people just stop by, you know, quick, honk, do something. Not not honk a boob, but just, you know, the car. And, uh, you know, she's like, ah, maybe, you know, probably later better than sooner. Yeah. Just, just looks better and just the appearance of it. She's like, no one else is really doing them right now. Well, I saw someone out this weekend with a full front yard of not really caring about public perception how was the mask situation very nope. limited very limited so i just find that weird i don't know it's just like i just don't know i don't know what i don't know about anything dude i don't know about the riots i don't know what to do i don't know what we're doing here <laughs> everything is turned upside down you got blake yelling at me pull yourself together over there i know dude so anyway uh we go so we go to the stadium They pretty much had assigned seats, so we actually had a seat number and name, and our name was on the ticket. So they kind of went all out to say, this family sits here. It was six feet before another family would sit. They'd have four seats together. Then it was another. So they did a really great job of that. That's cool. And uh, they filled the visitor stands as well, so you were just on both sides of it. Uh, One of the end zones was where they had the podium set up and everything, and Your superintendent and principals and and all that uh, were sitting up there. and um, Then across the whole field, all the way to the other end zone, it was approximately six feet. As you looked at the yard markers, you could see it was probably about five and a half, five feet apart. Um, But I've come to find out 702 students graduated. So, a little up from my estimate of a hundred
1: <laughs> yeah, I was a little, a little I don't shocked know. that you thought a six a high school had a graduating class of a hundred but i 've told you
0: I, I know about two kids yeah they're the ones that have my name they're they 're my kids, and that 's the ones I care about too all the other ones i don 't care about at all mm-hmm. don 't care uh, don 't care about your kid don 't want to see a picture of your kid uh don't want to hear about your kid in general. Uh, it better be a pretty uh, personality-filled story if you're going to tell me about your kid. Um, so they didn't have any outside speakers. They had the, the valedictorian, the uh, whoever's runner-up. What's that called? Salutatorian. Yeah, they had her, then the valedictorian. Our high school is crazy. It's giant. So the whole um, something I've never thought about until I had a kid that was in high school... When I heard some of her friends would, they live here, they pay high taxes to live in this city with this good school system. Then they send their kid to a private school because they're like, well, if they go to this high school, they'll never get top 10% and immediate entry into A&M or UT or these other schools that a lot of people want to go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I find that just insane that you would live here with the higher values of homes and all that, but then send your kid to a private school. Why do you live here then?
1: It's also insane because it is vastly overrating how important it is what school you go to. College or high school? The college. I mean if you're if if you're that worried about whether or not you can get into one of those two schools, um, I have some bad news for you.
0: Well, well you can get a 4.0 in this high school and you're not in the top 10%. That's crazy. Percent. I know. Because they have like college level classes or they call them AP. Yeah. They're weighted. which <laughs> <It laughs> <It>
1: should <needs laughs> be
0: a 1.1. You have to have a four point something to, so you can graduate with higher than a 4.0, something I really wasn't that familiar with. Big theme was, of course, they say all of the speech uh, people who gave a speech, and they might have been just following the lead of the first girl who gave a speech. Uh, the big theme was it.
1: I don't want to talk about it. Oh, I thought you meant the clown. But I will that's mention a uh for a-
0: But I will <laughs> mention coronavirus blah blah blah. You're a a group that born was born during 9/11 and here you are now graduating during coronavirus.
1: Is that supposed to make me feel good?
0: I don't know. <laughs> but it was a theme. Uh the principal started his speech with Wanna okay. guess what his opening line was?
1: Uh I I have two guesses. The first is good evening Dragon Nation. Okay? And the second is something related to unprecedented. Hey, unpre- no, I don't think that was it. <laughs> unprecedented or unparalleled times. Nope. Mino? Yeah, you might get this. My neighbor's got a kid. No, it's not kill the story. <laughs> Graduated Killer, from so killer like, long told long a speech.
9: Told
0: <laughs> hey Dragon Family. Think of early quarantine. What was everybody saying? <laughs> don't even know what day it is. He started his speech with,
1: Hello, cool cats and kittens. Oh, no. Principal stays about two months behind on <laughs> pop culture references. Those, those references are not out of control.
0: It wasn't bad. Overall, I was very upset they were starting at 8.20 because that's military time 2020, and this is the year 2020. Get it? I do. So I'm like, why don't they have it end at 8.20? But to tell you the truth... When we rolled in there and we got into our seats about quarter till eight, it was about a million degrees. And I wore long pants because my wife made me. I was going to wear shorts. She's like, oh, no, everybody will be dressed really nice. I'm like, no, they're not. You ever been to any even a nice restaurant around here? You, you wear your shorts. No, wow. no, no. You got to wear So anyway, I wore my nice clothes and I was a million degrees, but it cooled down really nicely in the evening. So that was a good bit. And how was the shorts so presence real quick? About 50 fifty fifty? Really? Yeah, okay. there's a lot of people wearing shorts. But they were nice shorts, like these. Okay. Look how nice these are. <laughs> uh you know, collared shirt. I'm no uh Cretan. Come on. It might have had Hawaiian pattern on like, it, but to- uh, Tommy Bahama. <laughs> no, it's uh it didn't have that. Uh and it but it struck me as I'm sitting there for two hours, you know, kind of scrolling through my phone watching uh, the, the ticket 80s prom with Davy uh, unfold on Twitter, which sounded like it was uh, a lot of fun. Um, everybody is there for 30 seconds. Like, they've sucked us all in to be there for the moment that your kid walks across the stage, and then you're like, "Huh, eh, all right. So, you know, if your kid had the last name in the A's, you were uh, pretty bummed out for the latter part. At least the M's, we got to have the equal feeling. We got to build up and... Um, But, you know, I don't know what it's worth to them. Oh, I did want to point this out. Today's technology. The grandmas from Ohio could watch perfectly on the YouTube feed. Oh. And it looks like they got some good future film students because it's awesome. Like, it was way better. In fact, my mom said it, it was way better watching that than being at my graduation <laughs> when she was at mine many years ago.
1: Yeah, because um, she can just turn it
0: off. Right, but she didn't because she's grandma and she's got nothing to do. Both grandmas, in fact, apparently saw more of it than we did. We might have left a little bit
1: early to beat the traffic. Did you now? Because that was going to be my point, is that every single person in there wants to do it, but no one wants to be the one. Well, I talked my wife into that,
0: and she acquiesced because I told her uh, a buddy of mine just texted me that he left. So even when you're... uh, How true
1: was that? Very true. Okay. Because he
0: was making fun of me. His his last name begins with D. So he was making fun of me that he was watching a show while my daughter was getting, <laughs> like he was at home watching, it. Uh, he said he was watching Space Force, the new thing on Netflix. And uh, so I I showed her this text. So she goes, well, you wore the long pants. So, uh, okay, I'm not going to walk out first, but I'll follow you.
1: That's a man like, who knows how to do diplomacy. And I was like, oh, I,
0: I'll walk out first. Don't mind, <laughs> and I don't think anyone will know because I'm wearing a mask. Ah, like everybody. Even better, the mask world were kind of anonymous. So, uh, thumbs up. I'm going to give thumbs up to the uh, graduation experience of uh, of 2020.
4: Finally, the hangs on with Donovan Lewis.
7: Get up, no time to waste. Oh, get your coffee on ticket, Dan and Jake. Time to get your ticket up, stick it in your tailpipe. Oh, babe, time for the Hang Zone, gonna hang it out, gonna hang that out, gonna hang it out, baby, have a little conversation, gonna talk to you, gonna talk to me, gonna read the news, gonna feel real free, gonna DFW the Metroplex, is brawling, baby, high five five, yeah, you're driving. put that on, put the radio on, put the radio on, that's said, Hang Zone coming at you, oh, hang. Me, yeah, let's do like a theme. Say, yo. I said, hang zone coming at you. Like to, yo, yo. Hang zone coming at you. Uh, I gotta hang. Gonna get out, go gonna hang, gonna hang, gonna hang, gonna hang, gonna do it, baby, do the real thing. Gonna talk about it, gonna talk some more, gonna talk a little bit, gonna talk on the floor, gonna talk in the side, Gonna get high, gonna do the rest, gonna do cause word about to say. Take it, baby, coming at you. I said, coming, coming at you. I said, hey, hang zone coming at you. I got a hey, hang zone coming at you. I got a hey, hang zone. Coming at you. I got a, hey, hang zone
0: it is time for some Hang Zones Joining us for an hour this week The Great Donovan
10: What's up fellas? Woo!
3: The Great Donovan! Woo!
10: That may be the best theme song on this station right now
0: That is you know, great no maybe about it bro all you guys fly are too, So Donovan. lucky. That's right. I created that. <laughs> yep. In the lab.
10: Up in your above g- garage lab. Have you other... been up here? I
0: have. Yes. I know you've been over here. I don't remember if I uh, brought you up to the lair.
10: You the did. Den. Is my uh, is my Christmas some. card still up there?
0: Oh yeah. Have you seen that, Jake? Right over there by the monkey with the golf clubs oh yeah, that's and then, uh, uh right by the uh, lava lamp and then between the uh, over the LeBron figurine
1: <laughs> that's uh what was the name what's the name of your dearly departed little best friend I, twink twink, uh, 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 uh. twink uh, oh
0: no, we have a twink
1: wink Blake is our twink right has he graduated or are you once a twink always a twink
10: I think Blake has his eyes on it's Jerry like Jones Addies. to try to get on the yacht. It'd be worth it.
1: He has his eyes on
10: what? Jerry Jones, so he can get on the yacht as Jerry Jones' is twink. So he's
0: moving up. He went from Norm <laughs> to, to Mike, right? And uh, up to Jerry Jones. He'll be on TMZ before no time. <laughs> uh, well, good to have you. Good to holler at you, dog. Hey, want to play a game we used to play on the show together? Sure. I call it Is It Racist. All right. Is it racist? Donovan is here to uh, help decide. On the board this week, the Muser's. Oh, uh, interesting after you lauding them,
1: then I vote for no. their
0: for their uh, progressive uh, views this morning. Actually, this was yesterday. Donovan was going to join their show at, uh, for the music thing, the music bit that they do, the Hang Zone music bit they do. And uh, I was listening to the start of Muse in the News, and they were promoting that fact that Donovan would be on with them later. And I play you this uh, audio now, and then uh, we'll determine whether it's racist. Hey, who is in the drop that says the great Donovan? The great uh, Donovan.
8: What's her name? Uh, the big cowboy fan. That's 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 Miss Price. Miss (laughs) Price. Yeah. Miss Price still with us? Yeah. I think so. She was training camp last year
11: and I saw her during the season.
8: Okay.
1: Now, what's the issue
11: here?
0: Was that, was the uh, great Donovan lady who said that drop, uh, was that Miss Price? I
10: don't think it's racist because Miss Price is so well known and her voice is out there. And with Miss Carroll screaming like that, I can see how you may have mistaken that. So I'm
1: going to say no. I'll admit I thought it was Miss Price also.
6: Okay, well let's still
1: as of today or as until Dan brought it up in the break. I was like, wow, I I didn't know that.
0: Okay, well let me play you a little Miss Price, then I'll play you a little of the lady who actually said that because it's not the same person. And it's from 2006, training camp. Oh, Donovan, remember training camp in California? Oh, my gosh. I how did do, that I news was, affect you? I'm so bummed, Donovan.
10: Uh, oh, add me onto the list. And add Twiggy onto the list also because she had me gone for two weeks.
1: I might have a little cover fire here, though, because you know how you guys always make fun of the idea of having your family come out? She was pressing hard for Disneyland. Oh, really? I might. Like, like, she would go out at the same time as training camp? Not at the same time, just like on that Friday. And I'm like, all right, if we do this, no one can know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to hide you. You can have her on the Friday before and then leaves. Yeah.
0: But when we do the two week thing and we have a, a weekend in between, bro, that's sand at the beach, bro. You can't. Uh...
10: <laughs> you know what we do on the weekends oh my in gosh. California for training camp? Golf with Steve Kerr.
0: There's so many tacos being eaten. Okay, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. Anyway, here is uh, Carolyn Price from 2006.
3: I love the Mavericks. I love the Desperados. I'm a sports fan. <laughs> I even go to the Rangers game. I love church. I love working in the community. I work with a lot of elderly people, um, in home care.
0: Okay, so that's her. That's a little piece of Carolyn Price. Uh, we've heard her yell at Quincy and all that kind of stuff. Quincy! Yeah, that her awesome. temperatures, right? Uh, here, okay. <laughs> here is another lady we met that is not Carolyn Price.
6: Hello, I couldn't live
3: without you, dude. Why? I swear, my husband so totally loves you. Your husband? Oh, he loves you, but I love you even more. Really? Grand Prairie, Texas, nice. GC. Nice. Oh man, Where did I told go? you. No. Thursday, Thursday, All
6: right. yeah. All right. Greatness. Very nice to see you. Who are you here? Did you get any autographs yet?
3: Oh, dude. I'm loaded. I got T.O. I'm on my way home.
6: <laughs> How'd you get that? I got yeah. T.O. When? Well, yeah, earlier. Yeah. Wow. He was signing. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Where is
6: it?
9: Can I go see you? you?
3: <laughs> so damn very nice.
9: nice.
6: Oh, dude. <laughs> How's it going, man? Good, real good.
3: You get a little hot air, man. You the radio all the time. Yeah, well, she said she likes
8: it. Oh man,
6: I love it. Uh,
3: greatness. You got Tio. Oh yes, I did. <laughs> nice. I love you guys so much. Well, thanks. I really do. Good I time. love you, and I love Norm. Oh, oh how, how
9: can you not love Oh again? yeah, and I love
3: you when you were talking to Miss Price, and I also got to meet the great Donovan. <laughs>
6: See you later. Greatness. Nice to meet you. you too.
1: Yeah, that's gold. And a drop was born. Yes, that is Gracie
10: Carroll, Miss Carroll. That's her name.
0: Thanks to Bob's steel trap memory as well for telling me what year to go look for it in my... Thanks to me for saving every piece of audio we've ever had, but then uh, I would never know where to find it without... Uh, Bob's Rolodex, who answered me in about half a second. Oh, that was 2006, training camp.
10: Uh, How would you know that's that? That's my very first training camp then. Oh, yeah? If it's 2006, yeah.
0: When you were doing your daily T.O.? <laughs> Man, I need to find that. We you had know, like an open and a close. For just Donovan's a daily huge, visit big TO.
10: open, and then T.O. walked by, and I'll go, Hey, T.O.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was the T.O. show. Is this the... Uh, the camp where the ghetto was born. Whenever, uh, uh, that's a
10: good question. I don't know what year that was. Oh, are, when when the Diamond guy was, was like, whoa, whoa, fans. whoa,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but didn't say anything bad about you. We just call it the ghetto. I was like, okay, man, because yeah. it's a, just the non-VIP area for fans, right? Where they have to watch. They're kind of mashed in together, and they were yelling to uh, maybe Michael Irvin was there doing coverage or something, and they're like, "Come to the ghetto, Michael." And then turn it to Donovan like we just call it that. It's not because you're, it's just because it's, a, it's it's where the the non-sponsors have to stand, and it's it's just a little. So that makes like, sense. Now you're good. <laughs> that makes sense. That it was your first
0: camp because it's '06, and that means you. I remember you joining the ticket around Mavs Finals '06 time, mm-hmm. because they sent me and Bob to Miami, and you would actually be on the. You would be in the studio back in Dallas. I would. It was they, they really weird.
10: Had... It was May, early May of 06 when I transitioned from the bone to the ticket.
0: Weren't you actually running the board over there for a couple hours in the morning? I
10: was. I was running the morning show. I can't remember the name of that dang morning show.
0: This is after Bo? Oh,
10: yeah. It was after Bo. Bo left and then Humble, Billy Hayes was a Billy p- part Hayes, of the morning. Nemesis show at the bone. of Junior Miller. Right. And then uh once Cumulus came and purchased the station, they moved me over with you guys, but it was okay, you run the board at the bone in the morning and then you you'll go over there with Bob and Dan in the afternoons. And then I just and it wasn't even every day. I don't know if you remember that. It was a few days a week to begin with, maybe the first week or two and i thought okay that doesn't make any sense how are we going to have develop any kind of chemistry if i'm there two or three days a week to find out what i need to do so i just said why well, we we need to make this every day and if just it doesn't like, work why don't then you it just doesn't have work
0: have on the days after the basketball game
10: <laughs> no no and we're they, like they, what they and yeah it was right in the middle of the playoff run and they made it all the way to the finals but they i don't even think they thought about sending me out there because it was so new and you guys were in Miami, and I was sitting back in studio, probably falling asleep during a couple of segments because you guys are talking to each other. Do you know? think,
0: had they sent you, that might have changed the that series? Yes. Avery Johnson would still be a coach in the NBA? Well,
10: probably not. But they would I, not
0: have won in 2011? Or they would have won like every championship up through They wouldn't have moved
10: hotels? I do accept the fact that 2011... I was out there. It's my first time being involved in the playoffs, in the playoffs with the Mavs like that, and they won. Yes. You're so welcome. So the only time welcome, they ever Mavs sent fans. you to
0: cover the playoffs, they won the title. Yep. That's weird. All right. Uh, we got some 130 news next.
1: Uh, yeah. Chocolate Rain is back.
0: Let us do the 130 news <laughs> with James. <laughs> Think the Hanks.
1: Hey, Mido, Raising Cane's. Woohoo! With the special, special distinction of bringing us Donovan to the hang zone for the news today. Now, I want to be clear. What these people did is probably unsafe, and you probably shouldn't do it. But this comes to us, I think, from Saturday or Sunday in Chicago during some unrest between protesters and the police during the uh the afternoon i believe and this video was posted to twitter now apparently there are people who know how to do internet way better than you and i ever could or probably anybody in this conversation and they hacked the chicago police radios now the reason this is a bad idea because a lot of those radios are being used for medical attention and things like that. Benefit of the doubt here in saying probably hacking any EMS radio could be bad. But if you were going to do it, this is the way that I would suggest you do it because then I have content for our radio show. Tell me what jumps out at you here. Car 43.
2: Car 43. Car getting another signal. Car 43. Car 43, they're checking into
1: it. If you haven't picked up on this yet, that is uh, a song by one time ticket summer bash performer Tay Zonde, Chocolate Rain, piping through all Chicago police radios. Uh, as they feverishly try to get it away from their radios and cannot. It kind of sounds like when Krennic was doing a ticker and he just had <laughs> H- random music. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> see if you can find that yeah. Why I keep playing this.
10: And you can see the person, as soon as they're about to say something, they can hear Chocolate Rain. They're going, what the hell? Uh, okay, let me
1: try it again. Right, right. Car 43. Rain. <laughs>
5: One <laughs>
1: Okay, all units stand by. I cannot copy. Anything. <laughs> I cannot copy because.
5: Boy,
0: it's like when the hard line was over the
1: the Des press conference, Jerry Jones press conference. Yeah. So a couple things. One. Uh, that might be, like, the first viral YouTube song I remember. And two, massive props for the ticket for saying, why don't you come down here and play Sneaky Pete's for us?
0: I wonder what that costs.
1: We don't know what other songs you have, but just come down here. And you know what I remember rain? about that? Well, he we was... know he has
10: cherry chocolate rain because he made the remix he later did. on.
1: Did he? Yeah. <laughs> and he wore a Hawaiian shirt, and he got up in front of a largely confused crowd, on a Friday afternoon at Lake Louisville and banged out Chocolate Rain. <laughs> he was a really nice dude, too. Super nice dude. You could tell that from his YouTube videos. But, man.
10: I fell into a wormhole a couple of days ago about Tay Zonde. And he appeared on Steve Harvey's show because it was the 10th anniversary of Chocolate Rain going viral. <laughs> so they played the video and then they brought him out. They talked to him for only like 45 seconds to a minute. It was a short interview because he pretty much basically had nothing. And then Steve Harvey went, all right, everyone, here he goes, Chocolate Rain. And he looks so weird belting out Chocolate Rain even 10 years later.
1: It doesn't seem like a song that should be you should see it anywhere else than just the original YouTube video. It's like I don't he's even not a-
0: understand it. Does it mean something? Man, look at uh, the lyrics, man. Yeah, you are Is so- there some depth?
1: Yeah, it's a it, it makes sense why they that song was playing during these these protests. It's You're not woke, man.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know there was it was deep.
1: And he's from Minnesota, right? Oh, is he? I didn't know I that. I think he is. Yeah, the lyrics are um, it's kinda like we were talking about when I actually read the full words to three blind mice the other day and realized that, boy, I don't remember the part where the farmer's wife took out a carving knife and cut off the three blind mice' tails, That seems like an overreaction. <laughs> uh, the lyrics to Chocolate Rain, uh, Chocolate rain, some stay dry and others feel the pain. Chocolate rain, a baby born will die before the sin. Hmm.
10: The school books say it can't be here again. Chocolate
1: rain. The prisons yeah, just...
10: make you wonder, wonder where, where it went.
0: Chocolate rain. <laughs> I thought it was just funny-sounding song. <laughs> no, so that's what makes. It- so, do you think the people that booked him to come out to Summer Bash really knew the depth and the meaning of his song? I'm gonna because guess. I, I'm gonna guess no. I think it was just like me. I thought it was fun, viral song, and. Uh, yeah, this is hilarious. Let's have chocolate rain guy and so he's thinking that he's making a difference. Oh yeah.
1: A political statement, but he's at beats. Like,
10: <laughs> because chocolate just- rain would make you raise your neighborhood insurance rates.
0: I don't know where that fits in the like I feel like whole aspect of the song. <laughs> to me, he was just fun interlude between uh, round tables and uh, Donovan's wet t-shirt contest.
1: Oh, buddy.
0: <laughs> remember that, Donovan?
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So what I remember... You're so, oh, you're the woke guy.
10: I wonder why they would tab me as the host for that. I oh, mean, yeah. I,
6: I can't I relu- figure that out. I reluctantly
10: went ahead with it because right. I'm a team player and I want... Uh,
1: oh, woke Donovan. Well... <laughs> I remember four or five years of wet t-shirt contest, and then I remember, and I would have loved to have been in the meeting whenever someone suggested, what if we this year instead did a twerking contest? Did they do that? Yes.
0: I remember that one. Was that and a I, part of that? I was you blessed.
1: definitely were, and I was offended. Listen to Donovan. I don't remember the twerking contest. I think that might have been the last thing we did. Okay. Like, we had but- bikini girls. Yeah, but the thing about this was, it was, they would always, it was like a ringer type thing where they would have regular P1s and then the, you know, Tropic of the Isle girl up there, or four or five of them, and then they would just put everyone to shame. But what I remember (laughs) is that Donovan was up there and Corby, which is just obscene for a guy who thinks that it's fake and that you're, somebody's putting on a front that somebody (laughs) would like a girl with a little meat And that every girl, every guy actually wants a girl who looks like they're on the U.S. women's national soccer team. (laughs) They had him up there. I'm like, this is just, this is wrong. Are you
0: upset they didn't ask you?
10: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh I remember once where Corby had to be escorted out like the president of the United States because of one comment that he made about one
0: of the ladies on stage. Like her her boyfriend was not on board with it?
10: Uh, Yes, the boyfriend was very upset because... He I
0: think a- I remember it. He's abrasive.
1: He asked, "Can you say what it was?" Yeah, hold uh, on. Go ahead, Donovan. If you remember. If
10: we need to, then we can dump it. But no, we're fine. Okay, so she did have a little, you know, junk in the trunk. So as soon as I introduced her, he said, "Throw it to me. I have a joke." I, to ask her where she's from. So I did, and I can't remember where. I think it- she said Sherman. Okay, so Sherman, and then he asked. Did she eat Denton on the way here? <laughs> <laughs> and that that wasn't received well by the boyfriend of the contestant. So and they had people like waiting to speak to all of us, like they always do at all the other events. And he was hopping mad. And you could see he was waiting to try to get a piece of Corby and someone must have notified the security, or whatever, and they escorted him out like the president.
1: I've never understood the guy who wants to get mad whenever your girlfriend or wife is involved in a, a contest like that. Or a, hey, I want to be on the radio, or I want to have everybody look at me, and maybe they're pouring water hey, on Hey, this
0: will be the one person that Gordo doesn't offend. Right. I, I like, am sure this will go well.
1: Th- it's too late at that point. If you let her talk to Corby or Gordon, particularly if they're going to be shaking up or down yeah you
10: are in a wet t-shirt contest right you know what that always what always happens
1: i'm here to defend the honor and sanctity of my wife who is in a wet t-shirt contest Uh, he was (laughs) mad how many events has
0: corby been escorted out by police like ticket events things he was being paid to work at well, I know that he is abrasive. There's
1: the drop of him saying, yeah, they tried to arrest me for buying an 18 year old a bucket of beer oh, a long time right, ago, right? Long that, time ago. Different time. Got slapped by that one girl at uh, guy's night out or girl's night out. He did right over here in South Lake. Oh, that was the
10: making out with Norm's intern portion of Summer Bash, right?
6: Jeez, that's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's... We had someone make out with Norm's intern. Man. You guys need a bird <laughs> tape.
6: Why?
10: <Well>, I am <laughs> appalled that, to be a part of The ticket like has that. been
0: changing a lot over the last five years, and, right. and I just don't think you guys are noticing that. You want to hear chronic? Do you have it, Mido? Oh, yeah. Sports so News a fu- First. Oh, yeah. You
1: probably don't need any setup. Sports News First. Guaranteed. Ticket tipper.
4: And I've got random Somewhere. Rangers, please. We're not getting
9: complacent coming out of the break. Excellent ticker.
1: <laughs> What's going this on hour then?
0: of bad radio brought to you by Driver Select.
1: I didn't have music ready because his ticker just ended suddenly. He's got something going on in there. So
0: you're on the board? Yeah.
1: So I can't get this music to stop <laughs> 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 The ticker ended about a minute and a half early So Krennic so. has
0: music playing in his room That he can't figure out
1: Yeah because it's on the same plot as the internet It's routed really Turn weirdly. off everything I
0: did It's gone
1: Now watch if I turn him off <laughs> So you've turned off Now here's the music I was going to use But I wasn't It was about 90 seconds early there So here's bad radio and a massive Got oh, no, a So you
0: didn't get to your news and stuff?
11: (laughs) Well, come in here and do your ticker. Yeah,
0: come in here. (laughs) He'll need his script, though, won't he? Who cares? Just come in. It's Krennic, dude. Oh, that's funny. That is
1: so great. I just want to order some coconut shrimp.
0: (laughs) I feel like
10: I'm on hold trying to change a reservation (laughs) or something. Right?
0: Where's Krennic?
1: Uh, Colorado. Uh, Yeah. Colorado. I need to talk to him. You made the right move.
0: Training camp's been cancelled. I need to talk to training. Camp. <laughs> <laughs> need,
1: to, need to settle up. <laughs> Interesting article here on the Dallas Morning ah, News. I love you, man. Regarding uh you remember whenever everybody wanted to buy like milk and eggs and bread and toilet paper? Yep. Yeah. Everyone was freaking out. Um we are seeing in Texas, at least in the month of May, year to date. That's a business YPD, sort of a yeah. yeah. What rose eighty percent sales? Eighty percent sales spike from May twenty nineteen to May twenty twenty.
0: Hand sanitizer. Who else would like to guess? T P all, all those things. Donovan? Yeah. Uh let's say you're obviously gonna go somewhere else. I here. know.
10: Let's say
6: milk. Guns. Uh, guns. Guns? Guns. Mm. Like Dudes, every, every
0: crisis there ever is, we just buy more guns, right? Yeah. Like when there are school shootings, they say there are more guns sold because they're worried that legislation will be put in place to uh, to hurt the sales of guns. So we better go buy more guns now before they take all the guns. Yeah. And then when there are no shootings, that more guns are sold because...
1: But that's not why I did it. I just started shooting my poop. <laughs> rather, than, <laughs> rather than buying so toilet gun, paper, I would
0: just... Over in a one-year span, that seems uh, like an incredible amount. So if you own a
1: gun, <laughs> do you just own one? Some people, yeah. I think, I think that's probably... You well, own one, don't you? I do.
0: Yeah.
10: And it's just one?
0: Now, do you have it nice in a safe? No. Bro...
1: Uh, is it in you? Is it in your waistband right now?
0: I'm going to go to A1 Locksmith
1: for you, but it's a shotgun though, and not a handgun. Oh, okay, I don't care. Right. So that's not necessarily something you typically put in a safe. My dad, it's, growing up, had dude.
10: shotguns leaning next to the kitchen table in our yeah. house. We and had, uh, we knew yeah. not to touch them. No safes, no
1: anything. Man, our grandfather had them in a like a gun. It was a case, but it, it was never locked, and it was just in the hallway. But it was, I'm going he, to... he hunted on his property a lot. MILF. <laughs> yeah, MILF. But I, I would bet that your average CHL uh, carrier is probably, a lot of those people are people who own one gun. If you're a hunting person, you probably own way you more gotta than you got to have a gun.
0: Uh, little safe if you have a handgun, I think.
1: Right, and I don't, so that's why I don't um, know you're putting a...
0: How did you get this gun? Was Me? it gifted to you? It was. Because I can't see you as a guy that just go buy a
1: gun. Well, if I didn't have one gifted to me, I would buy one. But I would probably also just buy a shotgun rather than a handgun because it's. Wouldn't the
0: handgun be and...
1: easier as far as
0: defending yourself type thing? Or boy, I don't know. Uh, yeah, a... <laughs> and just think about if then you could keep it in a small safe next to the bed, something like that. You got the fingerprint technology to open it. Yeah, but there's an
1: international language spoken by that shotgun. <laughs> if there happens to be if something... you're holding it. Yeah, you're...
0: It looks more menacing.
1: Yeah, and it sounds.
3: There's a sound that comes yeah. with it.
1: So I don't know. I just know that I, I, I don't know how proficient. Like, Donovan, how, what's your experience in, like, going to the gun range?
10: Uh, I've never been to the gun range. Really? Although I have. Uh, my dad is an avid gun owner, and he taught us how to use one. So uh, only once on New Year's, which is terrible. Jeez. Terrible. I know. <laughs> I've changed the way I've don't uh, acted in the last few years. No. Uh, yes. So you, I definitely know how to use one, but we haven't been I haven't been to the range.
0: In my nightstand next to the bed, I have a Chinese throwing star. Yeah. Do you know how to
10: use
1: it? Have you been oh, to yeah. the Chinese throwing I'm very star proficient range? In
10: it. Yeah,
0: I what? go
1: to the range. What What about the skeet shooting, Donovan? I haven't dub- tried it. No. Man, we should go. It's fun. I believe that it is, and I don't know why I haven't tried it before, but I would love to. (laughs) All right, coming up next, a bit of a wild card segment in the Hang Zone with Donovan.
6: Donovan, I remember when he was on the bone, working with all the spare hairs. (laughs) Then Cumulus bought our station. a black friend <laughs> Oh, he cannot swim But watch him pull trim And you'll be in awe Picking up sloppy seconds oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, Cumulus bought a station Ooh, so now I have a black friend <laughs> Oh, he is so real. Nothing like Greg Fields. I'd invite him to Grapevine. Oh, he's not very tough, but he won't steal your stuff. His fraternity is Alpha Alpha Urkel.
10: Not true, sir.
6: Cumulus Ball. So now I have a black friend. (laughs) Dance break. Gold. We're off to a very good start. (laughs) Wow. Maybe your best ever. You think this dancing is good
0: on the audio medium or. Robot. Who cares? Worm. High stepping.
1: Drum major.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he is so real. Do you know, we're
1: back.
0: Nothing
6: like Greg. No, feels. I had no idea. Did you think I was
0: playing this?
1: Yeah, I can't tell the difference. No,
0: you were away. In the potty. All right,
1: 157, it's Dan, it's Jake. <laughs> back from the potty. And in the hang zone tired, with us for our final segment, it, it is the great Donovan Woo. Now, Dan has a couple of ideas here. Yeah. topic wheel
0: okay an idea man
1: let's see what they are
0: well one was uh this was discovered by blake when he was pouring through some audio when he was pouring through some audio some 2011 audio so this by this time donovan we had been uh Forced friends for five years, Mm -hmm. right? We've already determined 2006 is when our marriage started. Yes, sir. Although the reason, they didn't just out of the blue ask us if we wanted the great Donovan uh, to be a part of the show. We had had him on a ton of times, You know, got to know you when you worked at Cliff and the Bone, and then um, would just have you in for check the charge segments or just whatever. We would just try to find a reason to have Donovan on because he's Donovan, right? Wasn't one of them Shaq's Shoes? <laughs> he he did a bit
10: such a bad bit
0: where he was going to wear Shaq's shoes and walk from Dallas to Fort Worth
10: a yeah, uh, forth Fort Worth to Dallas walk Why? a mile in Shaq's shoes to uh get him to come to Dallas and play I guess that was a time where maybe he was a free agent or had oh. the ability to sign anywhere. So, hey, look, wacky FM radio bitch, Shaq. Come sign here.
0: I remember the ticket guys were a bit bent out of shape about that memo telling us to be more like Donovan. Oh. We're doing bits all the time. and <laughs> You know, Gordo's killing it. He's, you know, changing the face of radio. And then we got a memo after Donovan did this on the bone. Like, this is what we need to do, people. No well, more of this.
1: How far did you make it? the whole way
10: but it was uh 2 days it was a 2 day event would you get a like a hotel in arlington yes that's exactly right <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> full worth to arlington uh because of the morning show right so you walk the entire length of the morning show uh you walk for
0: 4 hours a day
10: uh, i can't remember how long it was but we made it how would you keep the shoes
3: on Well, they were giant shoes, right? Size 18 or whatever. Well,
10: they were supposed to be the size of Shaq's shoes. But, and I thought, my thought was, I could have my feet just in those shoes with my shoes on so we can get this accomplished. (laughs) But they couldn't find shoes that big, the actual Shaq size shoes. So I think they were size, I don't know, 14, 15. Not enough for me to put my feet in them. So I had to stuff them like a, A middle school bra (laughs) with a lot of socks to try. My my feet actually hurt a lot once we got towards uh, the AAC, which was the final destination. Is it free? Bad was
0: it the summer?
1: Yes, free agency, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's million degrees (laughs) out. It was bad. All right. So if you got a guy who does bits like that, you got to steal him as quick as you can. (laughs) Right, get him on the ticket. So Donovan had been on the ticket for five years. As a part of our show. And uh, we came across this article. I guess this is from 2011. So we're going to hear audio. This is like four minutes long. We'll see if we get tired of it or not. But it's pretty good. Blake found it. And at this point, apparently, Newie, uh, Channel 5's Newey Scruggs had gotten fired from his radio gig. And uh, we were reading the Barry Horn article <laughs> on the air. Okay. About that. Donovan got pub in the Barry Horn column Saturday. I didn't see this. I don't get the Saturday paper anymore. I just get the Wednesday and the Sunday. The coupons? The, yeah, I love coupons. Nice. Um, but I do have the online subscription. So he writes that Newey Scruggs and 105.3 The the Fan have parted ways. Yes. Did you know that you're Mr. I Radio. did, know that, yes. You're Mr. look at everybody else's paper. I'm, a, you know, I'm interested in the industry. So, that's very vague. To me, that means they got tired of Newy's crap and uh, you've always been one to cut him slack. Well, how many places does he have to bounce around before you start to think, "Hey, maybe it's him?" I Okay, um, I, I, would, I, would leaving, counter, I would counter you, but I don't... But you I, don't think Newey
11: has anything, so... I didn't say that. I would say I believe on that station that suffers from lack of numbers, I believe he was doing as well as anybody, which may not be saying much, but it says that.
0: Um, let's see. Leaving Dallas-Fort Worth's three sports talk radio stations without a single impactful daily African-American voice. That's a little harsh. Now that Nui has left. Wow. Wow. Nate Newton Nate Newton gets an hour on ESPN. Really? Boy, did you ever hear him? <laughs> um He's a good guard. <laughs> he, he really is. As a he's uh one of the cowboy radio guy, he's dynasty. one of the great cowboys I've ever seen. And Donovan Lewis is the third man on the totem pole on 1310 The Ticket's Bad Radio. Ooh, totem pole.
6: Wow. Man. Th- which what did now, I do to Barry Horn, Which man? now
0: makes Gribbs and Groobs upset because <laughs> everybody thinks they're the third man on the totem pole.
11: I think Groobs might think he's first. Yep.
0: Interestingly even T C is upset. <laughs> TC is <laughs> like, here. Interestingly, <laughs> Scruggs consistently posted some of the fans top ratings. So without a single again, impactful voice, huh? The fans top ratings. Oh well, come on. you prepared compared heard yourself. to if you were <laughs> third on the ticket, it just seems that you still can have more impact. No,
10: Am it's, I wrong? but it's not it's it's without a single impactful voice, so maybe I should start talking like Phil. And maybe I'll get some attention around this bitch. Uh,
11: oh, he wow. I mention this article. I'm just
10: saying. how that
5: happen?
11: Yeah. Now who? Mr. Phil. Mr. Phil. Oh,
0: our Phil?
8: Yeah. Intern Phil?
11: Yeah, there's an impactful voice <laughs> in the Metroplex. And Will. Will was interviewed by Noxie.
10: And uh, am I not on every day? Yes. What the hell? You're man? making
11: quite an impact. I heard that post game show. That's a great impact. Don't.
10: Dude. Maybe he fight doesn't night. think that you're black, black you know, enough. You know what, Is Donovan? Is green? Yeah. No, Barry, it's me, it's Donovan.
11: You know what? Uh, this just made me think of something, and I might even put this on a T-shirt. I just came up with this, but I want you to think about it. Hate is gonna hate.
10: And you just thought about that, huh? Nice. Love <laughs> like is gonna love. All right. Just brush. I, brush
11: no, that. no, 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 dude. Fight night. Just brush that dirt fight off night. your shoulder. Fight night.
0: You want to fight Barry Horn at fight night? He's he, like seventy. Okay, that mean that gives me an advantage. <laughs>
10: <laughs> wow. all right we can pause this i don't want to get upset anymore
1: i agree with dan's premise though that at that point like you mentioned tc and group like they were speaking to more people than knew was so by default you were certainly a more impactful voice so that's a bit of a slight way to put it and you would soon get your media attention Whenever they were calling you and asking you why, in fact, did you condone all these challenges <laughs> at a barber shop that involved? You
2: see how
10: much uh, impact that challenges made? of that's yeah right.
1: that that's impact. That's right. It's a different time, Jake. Boy, it's a different time in that all of you guys were willing to just eviscerate every media member that came right across the, your desk. <laughs> That is kind of a shot, though. I mean, not even is. kind of a shot. A shot at that, you?
10: Yes, that wasn't oh, even absolutely warranted. A shot. That's not warranted. Uh, okay, if he's fired and he was the lead on his show, maybe you can couch it as that. But as far as, you know, everyone being uh, grouped together, and if you're going to say, hey, there are. Uh, African-American everyday voices on sports radio. Of course I was there, even if I'm a part of Bob and Dan's show or not. I was in studio as a host. That still kind of fires me up a little
1: bit. I don't like that. You were doing Prince Hakeem at hockey games. <laughs> Who was doing that? <laughs> That's not Impact? Oh, what a terrible, terrible
10: bit that was no, also. No, 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 run. no.
1: That is, a gr- that is one of the more underrated bits because people don't <laughs> – people do not want to be mean because it's an all-white crowd and people would be very, very patient with right. you. white people aren't mean well, to said it Well, I just mean it that they would be very patient in trying to explain the game of hockey to him and then he would <laughs> lean into... An accent.
10: It was a terrible accent, and that's why I said it was yeah. a bad bit, because it was an awful African ac- accent, and the part of the bit was that I had the answer to the question in my question.
0: Yeah, it was kind of racist, too. Just <laughs> you were being racist. I didn't say it wasn't. <laughs> Just, is, you think that's racist? Um I don't know. Let's interview an a- uh a black guy from Africa, and see if he thinks you were being racist. <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> do the accent. It's a voice. It's
10: a voice that you're putting out there to make it seem like I'm from somewhere else. <laughs> I wasn't, you know. I was actually saying the answer in my question. So, so funny. <laughs> no one even noticed that. If I asked you about a blue line, I said blue line in my question. Can I need we to, do a little. I need to find
0: that. We're kind of at the end of our visit, but you want to extend it for a couple minutes? Yeah, whatever. Because Donovan's here. It's unparalleled. (laughs) We'll get to Lance Armstrong. You don't want to talk about the Lance doc, do you, Donovan? Uh, I watched it, so yeah,
10: why not? Mm -hmm. I'd rather talk about old bad radio bits because it's so fun.
0: Well, I wanted to talk about a new bad radio bit, but I thought you would be possibly the guy who could help us here because we're brainstorming and trying to come up with new content in this unparalleled time. And uh, this was just sent to me, and maybe we all got this email. But they were pitching someone, and I wanted to see what you thought. As a man who is now a swimmer, aren't you?
10: Uh, I don't actively go out and swim, but I can.
0: But you couldn't swim when I met you, and then you took swimming lessons, and now you're a guy who can swim. Yes. Okay, so helping us program the show. You are a guy who programs your own show, so we can all... That's talk, all. That's all, soroy. Talk together. Well, you know, we we all have a little hand in it, <laughs> right? Uh, how to program the program? Um, somebody pitched us this, a sports segment, on the history of swimming, with Howard Means, author of the new book Splash. They uh, they write about his book Splash: Ten Thousand Years of Swimming. It says here, uh, from Adam. Please consider a segment or two. Oh, dear. With Howard Means in June, as the nation starts to turn to its pools, lakes and beaches for some long overdue time in the water. I just want you to envision saying yes to this email. Like why just two segments with the guy who wrote a book about swimming?
1: Why not a hang zone?
0: Why not why not the whole day? Uh, and they have some some quotes here, you know, that are written at the end of or the beginning of the book to help help sell the book. It's uh, uh, from Rowdy Gaines, three time Olympic gold medalist and Olympic television swimming analyst. Splash is an incredible book, the most amazing stories of anything and everything you wanted to know about the world and culture of swimming and its history. I loved every page. He didn't read it. So let me ask you. Anything and everything you wanted to know about the world and culture of swimming in this <laughs> history, how big is that list? Do you have just these burning questions that all your life have been waiting uh, for this book? Uh, Kirkus Reviews says, a nimble social history of humans at play in the water. Uh, devoted swimmers will want to splash about in this entertaining narrative. Oh, my
10: gosh. Really? I wonder who's saying yes to this. Are there stations out there that's, that are saying, oh, man, we're lacking sports? Yeah, let's get them on. That will be great because we are going to the lakes and stuff now.
0: And in the About the Author uh, section, Howard Means, uh, the author of 10 books, blah, 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 uh, swimming continues to define his life. Pools, rivers, lakes, quarries, oceans are his natural medium. Writing Splash has been a labor of love. It wasn't even work for him to, to, <laughs> did to it pump for out free. all these birds. That's my question. Like, what... How many hours of a normathon would you have to do before you said, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, Let's get the guy who wrote Splash."
10: Well, hang on, normathon is a different
0: ball game. Yeah, know. but I'm trying. <laughs> would you have to? If I said you have to do 24 hours of consecutive uh, broadcasting, no two segments can be the same. So you can't do DAC contract and then DAC contract. You can't do it. I can't do the birdhouse
10: five different times during the uh... right. Okay.
0: You can't take five different segments of calls. You could do that one segment, but w- when do you get to Howard Means, the author of uh, "Splash"?
10: Yeah, not in twenty-four hours, no. But there will be a point to where I would like to speak to him because I do
1: have some burning questions about. I think swimming. we have to book him now. So, Howard, when did the, when Don't
0: did it,
6: people
1: start swimming underwater? <laughs> <laughs> what
6: well, are we? actually, yeah, I think it, we kind of have to
1: book him now. Hey, everything that we've is everything, about him. but. We've talked about this before, like when Donovan was on Bad Radio. I, I think people in general, listeners, would be stunned. The segment might just be, every week, let's read the subject heading line of all the pitches. Because they're all insane, and they we are. never take. They, they any said they'll of send
0: them. us a free book. <laughs> Wonder if we can get a P one to read the book for us and review it. Because I don't want to do it. And
10: we tried, Jake. Remember a couple of times? Yeah, when we tried, tried to uh, prank them. I don't think Bob and Dan enjoyed that bit too much, but I thought it was okay. Like yeah. the worst pitches that you could get. We talked to them like we we're on the air to see what we can grasp out of it. It was. Good. But, yes, the emails that you get about the different subjects are mind-blowing, and a lot of people don't understand how many you get a day and how many a year you would even consider. And if you get 20 a day, I think you may think about one for an entire year, and then
1: you'll come to your (laughs) senses and say, I'm not doing it. What's the point? Incredibly low hit rate. So join us tomorrow when uh, Howard memes whatever his (laughs) name is.
10: He'll be in the hang zone talking about swimming with the boys from Super Bad Radio.
1: Well, Donovan, we appreciate it. Uh, and what what's the rest of your week look like? You got uh, you're you're filling it for us on Friday, right? our show. Friday and like Monday.
10: Yes, we're Has bringing it been announced. We're uh, I don't know if it's been announced, but I will right uh, tell you now who will be on the air with me both Friday and Monday, and that is Dick
1: Hicks. Whoa, Rich Whoa. Black and Quack. The voice we need to heal. (laughs) Joining Donovan Friday and Monday from noon to
10: three. The tough conversations (laughs) that need to be had will be with Rich Phillips Friday and Monday from noon to three. All
1: right, man. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me.
4: There he is, the great Donovan. Well, P1s, that's all for the podcast this week. Have a fun weekend. And like that, we're going go...
8: Panda, his five-foot mm-hmm. stuffed panda that rides Put to that work with him and then every day. Sh- Hi, guys. Hey, oh, good morning. Good hey, morning, brother. musers. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? Good to be back. Uh, you haven't had us on in a while. I know. Well, uh, we've been busy. It's good. Why um, don't you
3: ever have us back? Do you not love us,
8: muser? No, of course we love Norm. We work with mm-hmm. him every day and talk with you every day at 10. And mm-hmm. Andy, we don't see you too often because he keeps you in the back seat.
3: Do I smell bad because I'm a musty yes. panda? You smell
8: a little bad, you yeah. You do smell bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Norm. Uh, you know, we thought uh, with the... Uh, <laughs> Major League Baseball opening, uh, well, Sunday night, we're really going talk about that. What was it opening yesterday? What was it opening day? We thought we talked baseball. And because baseball is a talking sport, Andy and I thought we would bring in a friend no, and that someone that's to that's talk norm. baseball because baseball is a talking sport. Please welcome from the hard line, Grego,
3: the hey, hammer. Hey, oh bye. <laughs> hey, Grego. Hey, oh, Norm. Good morning. Hey, Craig. Morning. Hey, Andy. Morning. Hey, Andy. Morning. hey Grego. Greggo, it looks like you've brought a little friend. Well, I have Norm, because you're not the only one up here who has a lovable, cuddly, darling little animal friend. Mm-hmm. I have a friend too. Look at this. Well, who's that? It's Polly Pussycat. Oh,
8: at Yeah. So I thought you'd bring Clyde up, your dog,
3: but you've got a cat now. No, I got <laughs> a kitty cat. Hello, Polly Pussycat. It's Greggo, your mommy.
6: Meow. <laughs> <laughs> See, look how he
3: sits in my lap. Mm-hmm. He's so nice. <laughs> Pussycat tell Norm you love him
6: <laughs>
8: <laughs> Meow meow I love you Norm meow <laughs> See that oh, Norm yeah. he can
3: talk and everything he talks just like Norm's panda <laughs> Norm would you like to reach into my lap And pet my pussycat uh,
8: <laughs> I tell you I would love to pet your pussycat I would Go ahead and pet him <laughs> <laughs> That's so gross
3: Oh, that's great. Why is Grego moaning? What's well, pussycat and I are friends. Meow, meow, Look Grego. at him. I can put my hand in Polly's little pussycat mouth, and he won't even bite. It. <laughs> oh, you damn pussycat! I'll kill you!
6: <laughs> <laughs> meow, meow. He bit
8: crit- me! Grego's mean to me, meow. Oh, is, uh, is he? He's he? he? he mean, mean to you. I'm not mean to him. Meow, meow, he hosts hot tub parties and makes me the only guest meow
3: oh that's weird that is weird <laughs> hey, uh, well good i didn't all, send uh, out the invitations till late uh, uh, <laughs> i hate that norm oh yes, no it. i hope yeah do
8: cats and pandas get
3: along no i don't you like meow. cats
8: norm oh uh, that's okay and he's our guest he's a guest on the show you should like a pussycat
3: are you being sweet now Polly pussycat
8: Meow meow, I'll be sweet as long as you don't put peanut butter on you, meow. I told you not to mention that, Mona Buddy Cat! (laughs) Take that! Oh Oh, no! Stop it! it. (laughs) Take that! Hang on, guys! Stop hitting the cat! Let's let's remember what we're here to do. We're here to talk baseball! Uh, Grego, you and your pussycat have some picks? All right, that's right, Norm. We're going to do the American League. Grego, oh, we're going to get calls from the Humane Society. You stop pounding that pussycat. All
3: right, I will, Junior. <laughs> Let's do the American League Central. pussy <laughs> pussycat, you want to make your pick?
6: Meow, meow, Cleveland, meow. No,
3: you damn bitch!
8: Chicago wins this!
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Mm. Please, him. Grego. You tell him, Grego. Yeah. Alright, let's do the West now, Pauly Pussycat
8: <laughs> Meow meow, Rangers meow? No, you sewer right domestic short
3: hair! Seattle
8: wins! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my crinkles, cold We've down. been through this before we came on the air The Pussycat can have a different opinion Pauly Pussycat's failing
3: me, Norm <laughs> She's fine Alright, let's do the ALEs <laughs> Pauly Pussycat, who do you pick for the AL East?
8: Meow, meow. Baltimore, meow. You
3: stupid piece of Mexican
8: taco meat, I'll kill you! Oh my gosh. It's oh. the Yankees! Oh. Settle down, Grego.
3: You bitch! Settle down. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pauly Pussycat. Yeah, that's Want better. my wild card pick, meow? Mm. Alright, give us the wild card, you pussycat. Cat. Let's duck.
6: Anaheim, meow? Yeah? No, eat Anaheim! Take that!
8: Oh, stop it! You cat! Stop it! Stop it! 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 Oh no! I'm gonna eat that pussy cat, Norm. You can't eat that pussy cat. Why not? Well, you're. For the math, black. <laughs> <laughs> you are a panda, and that is very true. And that is Pix of the Panda with their special guests. Grego and Polly
9: Pussycat.